0: fans and welcome to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being back with us here for episode number two fifty-seven. It is Monday, January the thirty-first, twenty twenty-two. We're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata, joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy, we are closing out January, Mike. We're closing it out, good. The the month is closed. It's so cold. Good riddance. Uh, <laughs> <And> we- <laughs> My apartment's cold. It's never cold. I know. I was over there not long ago and it was freezing for your place. I, I don't understand. But you know what? We got for you guys some freezing cold takes on retro wrestling. We are here the to. Coldest re- of takes. The coldest. Only for the coldest month. Ice cold. We're here to yeah. romp you through the world of retro wrestling. We do have some topics in store for you. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you real quick you can follow us on Twitter. Go do it. At OVP Podcast on Twitter. No drama, just wrestling clips and gifs and pictures and whatever else. At OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us if you want to. At ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is VP podcast at gmail.com. But when if people want to talk to you, talk to me, and talk to over thirteen hundred other retro wrestling fanatics, where can they go? Over at facebook.com slash dot com. Department of Redundancy the Department. Department of com. <laughs> What do you do over at the dot com? Well, there's a search bar at
1: the dot com. Okay. Um, and you type into the search bar our vantage point dash Retro Wrestling Podcast.
0: Bing, bang, boom, tubes, gore, Uh You hit the join group and you're in. And all you're agreeing to do to join our Facebook group to talk about old wrestling is agree to one rule. One rule only, which is don't be what, Quinn? A dunderhead. And all we mean by that is we want you to talk about old wrestling. We want you to share your opinions, your thoughts, your memories, your questions. Have debate. Have discussion. Just don't be a jerk off about it. Mm-hmm. That's all That's we're it. Asking. That's the one rule. You don't need to attack people personally because they like a wrestler more than you do. Mm-hmm. Or like an event less than you do. It's just you wrestling. You like IRS over there. Yeah. Um, we don't we, encourage it, but... We won't be pleased about it but you will still be in our group absolutely we will not shun you for like an irs or anyone like that but really in all seriousness if you want to have fun uh, have a good time talking about retro wrestling go do that on our facebook group and also i just want to quick remind everyone here it's the end of the month january 31st tomorrow is the beginning of february it's a great time to sign up on Patreon because you get the whole month. And if you don't like it, just cancel by the end of February. What you have over there are two extra shows. That's if you want to support us, if you want the extra content, the 1984 canon and the WWF pay-per-view reviews coming out this weekend. Quinn's favorite event, Survivor Series, 94 style. Wow. Can't wait for that yeah, one. 94. <laughs> 94. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, if you like us, you want to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash OVP podcast and maybe tomorrow, you know, I'll give you a tip tomorrow and that we have a whole month of February. One whole month. An entire month. All right, Michael. Yes. With that said, we're getting close to the end of the season. Now we're winding it down, but it's been a great time talking about this opener all season long. We're discussing folks when a wrestler leaves one promotion and joins another one and the effects on that wrestler and the effects on the two involved promotions. We normally could call this a leap, a move, a transition, but a lot of people call it a jump. Should I stay or should I go? Might as well jump. Jump! Welcome back to The Jump, where we are discussing when one wrestler leaves a promotion, joins another one, the effects on all involved. It's been a fun time doing this. We've been taking people's suggestions, Quinn. We have. I've had a lot of fun with this segment. And this time around, we're doing one that I figured someone, at least one person, would suggest. There were two that I saw. Uh, so thank you to Tony Torres and Christian Ouellette. Thank you. For suggesting this one. We are talking about Lex Luger.
1: I'm one of the biggest legend stars ever in this.
0: God! What the hell's he doing here?
1: I don't know! It was very surprising. This was the first jump to me that was an actual jump. Well, yeah. The one that I really acknowledged. I mean, obviously Hulk Hogan, blah, blah, blah. Randy but Savage. Like, but... This was the first one where it was like, no, they both have like competing shows and are
0: like actually overtly at war and acknowledging each other, not liking each other. This was really, in a lot of ways, the first real shot in the Monday Night Wars, folks. So to give you some quick background, we're talking about when Luger jumped from the WWF to WCW. He debuted on Nitro September 4th, 1995 on the first Nitro. Mm -hmm. Speaking of IRS, uh, VK Wall Street also jumped over and debuted there as well. It didn't help anything. People have talked and talked and talked about the new generation. But in Mr. Wall Street's estimation, the new generation is nothing more than the- Who cares? Honestly,
1: like, you know what? That says a lot that that happened that night and nobody fucking cared.
0: (laughs) I'm here now. My name is VK.
1: No one gives
0: a flying rat's ass. I remember there was like a
1: promo on the show and he's like, I'm here and it's like, Okay. Okay.
0: I'll I'll switch to Raw now. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So, anyway, let's talk about Lex Luger. Why did this matter? Well, as you guys know, we've talked about Luger a real lot in the last couple of seasons. He had jumped from WCW, his last match being Super Brawl 2, February of 92. Super Brawl Saturday? To the WBF in uh, the spring of 1992 what a jump he debuted on Body Stars if you recall I liked him on Body Stars tremendous on him and cameo Cameo. but Vince was the odd man out in his sweatpants look at my pants cameo and anyway Luger was a big bumbling idiot like also arrogant on that that, show yeah it's
1: always like I'm the best and then he like trips over banana peel (laughs) and you know by the end of the it's always like a build up to the end of the episode he goofs
0: around I'm surprised I'm surprised he wasn't hit in the face with a pie or you know covered in but in these, I'm sure type if there was one more year of body stars, <laughs> it would have happened. Sadly, it wasn't to be. But he also made his uh, WWF uh, pay-per-view debut in an interview at WrestleMania 8. The milk promo, as yes, we call the it. the milk promo. You know, it was a closed party. Closed party. See you June 13th, Bobby. <sighs> See you June 13th, Bobby. And anyway, Lex Luger did not wind up competing in the WBF. He had, mo- <laughs> he had a motorcycle accident. <laughs> I mean, by the time we, you know, the, here's the thing. Go ahead. Here's the thing. When
1: we got to see what the WBF was, like, at that weird thing where there was, like, first people of all, shooting guns. First and- of all, it was, like, not even, like, it didn't even look like a bodybuilding contest at all. No. Right? Second of all, the crowd looked, like, fake. And I'm talking, like, that North Korea pay-per-view that <laughs> WCW did kind of fake. Because there's, like, it's way too big. There's way too many people there. Right? Like, bodybuilding, something that there's... You know, maybe, people care
0: about it, but maybe not Vince's version of it, maybe, especially. Maybe at
1: uh, maybe tops, there's like five thousand people, something like that, oh, right? Not not I just that arena is enormous for what that is. I'm just saying.
0: And Lex Luger did cut a promo from his hospital bed that was shown on the video wall, right? Because uh, he had just been in that accident. But anyway, we fast forward to the winter of uh, '92 going into '93. Bobby Heenan uh, is proclaiming Narcissus is coming to fuck with Mr. Perfect. Narcissus. 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 I still love that. Yeah, Narcissus. It never really no. it turned out to be that. No, it was the narcissist, obviously, yes. Lex Luger. And he had a decent heel run for about six months. Quinn, overall, what do you think of the narcissist character, the gimmick that he had? I loved it. Yeah, I thought, it, I thought it, was it was good, better than anything else he did there. Now, would he have ever... He wouldn't have been, like, world title level with that gimmick, though, right? Upper mid? I don't know, because here's the thing. Is at
1: the end of that gimmick, that, like, King of the Ring or whatever, yeah. there's, like, people, like, cheering for him and he's a heel. True, like you know what I mean. Like it, it was over. There was there was there was a hunger to see Lex Luger
0: just be a face by that point. But what they did is turn him a face in a very hokey Reagan versus Mondale spirit of '84 kind of way. Yeah, it didn't make any sense by having body, having Lex Luger body slam Japan on the Intrepid. We I still, all know this. I still
1: think framing it as like this new World War II something that <laughs> happened like sixty years ago in that time, like back then at least, yeah. is like dumb like especially like because Japan is like very clearly an ally of the US by the 90s like
0: what are you doing here and we've talked about a lot how they just made Luger look like a big booger throughout Mm -hmm. like after SummerSlam 93 we've said this when he didn't win the title he won by count out incrementally, pay-per-view by pay-per-view, he just looks like a giant doofus. He can't win the 94 Rumble like Bret wins it with him, right? He gets DQ'd at WrestleMania 10. Well,
1: the WrestleMania 10 wasn't his fault. It was due to the narcissist character. I know!
0: Existing previously yeah. with Mr. Perfect. He doesn't even wrestle at King of the Ring 94. He that gets- was embarrassing. I know! He gets turned on by Tatanka at SummerSlam and humiliated. Tatanka of all people. He's in a meaningless eight-man tag match at Survivor Series. Survivor Series. I don't count that against anybody, though. He doesn't win the ninety-five Rumble. That's poor. And then the last good thing he does in the WWF is that Allied Powers team. It's actually pretty fun.
1: Yeah, but then here's the thing: is he's like lingering around to like SummerSlam. Yes, he's there, but he's not there. He doesn't do anything that matters. I was always confused what. It- Post like WrestleMania 11, I never understood what his role was anymore. I don't, I don't think he did either. I like he would show up sometime and be like, "Oh, Lex Luger's... <laughs> I would think, in my, "I'm I'm serious as a kid." I'd be like, "Oh, Lex Luger's back!" Right, like, right. every time he would wrestle. <laughs> that's like, what it was. If
0: that's what it felt like, I remember seeing him in his last televised appearance was a uh, SummerSlam '95, like Quinn said. I remember seeing him show up during the end of the Diesel versus Mabel match, and I was like, oh, Luger's still here? I think yeah. some I'm like, "He he's still here? Lex Luger, who came in. I'm not too sure whether or not he was going to try to hurt or help the effort of the WWF champion.
1: A lot of fans were confused if he was still in the WWF. Right? Like, it really was
0: not clear. And obviously, Lex Luger knew that and knew that his career was literally going nowhere in the WWF. They had misused him. That
1: that is that is they the did. bottom line. They did. They, they absolutely did. And you know what hurts the most is that not only had he proved that he was a talent in WCW prior, yeah. he proved he could get over in WWF like at the beginning, even when he was a heel. Yeah. I yeah know. You know what I mean? Like it just felt like why like why? <laughs> like it was just it, it's another like Randy Savage situation. It's like, oh we have a good person, let's not use them. Well, not use them
0: properly at yeah, least, right? Exactly. So Lex Luger wrestled his last WWF match right before Nitro and then shows up on the debut episode, mind you, of WCW's brand new Monday Nitro in the Raw time slot on TNT, Mm -hmm. obviously. What in the hell is he doing here? Get the camera off of him! And it's a classic moment. We all know the moment with the puffy shirt. The trains behind him. The trains behind him. What the heck is he doing here? You yeah. know, all that stuff. It felt
1: also like it was unscripted the way they um presented it. Yep. He just kind of wandered out. Yeah, like not out of the crowd, but kinda like he's in street clothes and he's not wrestling. He's just kind of there and he gives a sinister look or whatever. The hell streets is he walking wearing that shirt. Eh, well
0: That's he's like Sluggery. He can wear whatever reddish. he wants. He can beat up anybody he That's wants a good point. He's that big. And here's what WCW did, and this is why I think this made such an impact. A, we had just seen the guy at SummerSlam. Right. And also, he had just wrestled. you know. So let's say, hypothetically, if you were at the house show in fucking Nova Scotia, I forget yeah. where it was, right? That he would just wrestle that, and then you watch Nitro, you're like, what the fuck is this, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: one note on that, by the way, is that I love that um, Vince's advisors all of them basically have, have talked in retrospect about that and they're like what the fuck was he thinking having like a handshake agreement with Lex Luger of all people like somebody that big that could command like more money somewhere else yeah. like that is dumb
0: and I like the story that like Bischoff didn't even want it wasn't even like he did it to fuck with Vince he as much as meeting
1: because Stings Sting. was like could you just um, meet my friend right like, and Bischoff's like I don't we I, I had bad experiences with the guy I really don't want like, to deal with them and he's like just give him a chance or right. whatever and they have a meeting and Luger's just like look my contract's up I'm a free agent Vince doesn't know that right.
0: and then Eric Bischoff light bulb went off let's bring you on for the debut in Nitro and Luger took a pay cut too that's notorious he did, Yeah, like, he took a pay cut that's how much he wanted to get out of the WWF
1: I, he was smart he knew that ultimately his, his entire pay wouldn't
0: exist anymore if he stayed there it was crap man yeah like because also you gotta remember one other thing Bulldog had turned heel, right? So the Allied Powers were no more. Now Luger was extra irrelevant. Yeah, he was probably going to end up feuding with Bulldog, is what I think. But who cares? Yeah, you know he was going to lose that feud uh-huh. to build Bulldog as a heel. Right. It would have just he would have been floundering. So anyway, we we all know that he showed up on Nitro. Let's just talk about what they did with him. It's so good. They immediately put him in the main event scene. Right. Who's the first person he calls out? Uh, Hulk Hogan. Exactly. Hulk that's Hogan. what you should do. Right. He just, just like Randy Savage came in a year prior and he's like, oh, I don't, I might like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Luger's like, I don't know if I like you. Right. But immediately now you've got big players, Hogan, Savage, Sting, Luger, like yeah. all these guys now and in WCW. But
1: then, you know what my, one of my favorite aspects of all this is, is that like i know that was like the very immediate jump effects mm-hmm. but i i loved how the, how low key the luger character was as opposed to most like big generic push right yeah. it was it was like it was like they took almost like the wwe of low key but made it good with the whole like He's in the dungeon of doom, but he isn't. And he like, likes Sting, he, still, he's got he's got Jimmy Hart, but he's a he, he's kind of a face. He's kind <laughs> yeah, of a heel. I'm not great. sure. Sting says he's cool, but he really isn't. <laughs> he's not like, cool. He like, and I just to me this murkiness about him is what made him kind of launch. Yep, like perfectly and then when he comes out of that all of a sudden he's like defender of WCW and
0: shit. That's the thing. They like, made. They use Luger properly. They didn't put him immediately like always headlining. Yeah, making but, a murky played off the best aspects of Luger that we always said about how yes. he's
1: such a good heel but he's also over so it's like very hard. That straddling
0: of him that's the perfect place you want right. Lex Luger, right? He wasn't wearing American underpants or anything. <laughs> yeah. He was just being Lex Luger. Kind of a dick but also you want to cheer for him when he wrestles right you know? exactly they hit the nail on the head like what is lex luger yeah like with that whole thing and they handled him so well that by 97 when he was challenging hulk hogan because they didn't have sting back yet it was credible you weren't like oh he can't beat hogan you're like no luger can do it and he did it yeah and all and, and
1: part of that too was the quiet build-up member remember even that the run-up to the hogan thing was that he was kind of like quietly building up wins and they they put him on like everything he Mm -hmm. was like on like the B shows and all this shit he was on everything and he would just beat the shit up kind of like how they did with Goldberg right he would just always kick people's ass he had awesome music like like, that helped like there's a a bunch of things they did and they did it properly (laughs) and you know what I always love about this it's like one of the things where like WCW always 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 gets this like horrible rap for like 99 blah 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 well but it, no and they deserve it i'm not saying they don't deserve it i'm just saying that this is like a perfect example of wcw doing something better
0: than wwf like 100%. this is
1: one of their like shining 100%. examples of why they were so
0: good yep let me talk about the impact here on the wwf from a roster standpoint i don't think it hurt to lose luger because they he weren't doing he wasn't anything. even on the roster right. practically <laughs> but indirectly losing him to wcw Had a big effect on the WWF, I think, because for WCW, Quinn, do you think the debut episode of Nitro would have been half as effective if they hadn't had Luger? No, because all they would have had is VK Wall Street. (laughs) I don't, I don't think know. he's setting the world on fire.
1: No. I mean, to be fair, that Nitro is very good for other reasons. There's like, that's where the cruiserweights really get introduced. Like, well, yeah, like the uh, Pillman match. Uh, and they're kind Like they're kind of testing the waters with that. A hot match with Flair and, and Sting. Mm-hmm. So it's good and stuff. The, and the,
0: the, the place where they're at looks unique and world stuff America. like that. But I mean, having Luger on the debut, they usurp the WWF. As the anything can happen on this show type of feel. Yeah, WWF just said anything could happen, but generally it
1: didn't. (laughs) Like WCW didn't even really say that. They just said big boys play a lot,
0: but anything actually would happen. Yeah, like, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of the opposite. Very good point there. Uh, so for WWF, I think it did hurt them, not losing Luger specifically, but the effect that it had on WCW was it really launched Nitro, mm-hmm. and it made it not just like this little brother competing show, but like oh, I might need to watch this shit. Well, yeah, because
1: anytime, at any time, any any time, any place, I mean, people could just show up on Nitro. Yep. That's it's so, so fucking cool about. It. And, you know, they'll never, because of contracts and no competes and fucking dirt sheets and shit. That's one thing. Luger, that whole jump is what I totally miss about wrestling that's, like, unknown. Right. Like, it's just not, they don't have that
0: anymore. No, that'll and, never happen like that, I don't think. Well, unless you know? wrestling really takes a tumble. Well, you never know. Obviously, the effect on Lex Luger's career, we kind of talked about it, but if you look at how he was floundering between 93 and 95... WCW used him so properly that between 95 and 98, let's say, I think... I that forgot any of that shit happened. Like, yeah. He was so good. And he was still in the prime of his career. Yeah. And he was a main eventer. He won the world title briefly, but he won it, right? Yeah. Just what a great career move for Luger. What a great move by WCW. I know it didn't, like, in the end, Luger petered out after that world title run. Everyone does. But... I, I never thought of Luger as, like, this long-term guy No, that WWF thought he was. Yeah, they used him entirely wrong. They tried to make him the next Hulk Hogan, whereas WCW just let him be Lex Luger. Yeah. Kind of a it's dick. It's almost like they
1: knew he had, like, a limited shelf life in, the, in, a, in effect of, like, a five-year... You know, five to ten year limited shelf life because of the style character was strong man, athletic, whatever.
0: Well, that's a great point, Quinn. Not only a limited shelf life, but also limited ability. And that's not a knock, but like he wasn't the greatest at anything. But rather than try to overextend him, they just harnessed what he was good at. Yeah. Short power matches. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Short promos. Good hair. Yes. He very didn't have good hair. hair. Yeah. Much better than his WWF hair. But anyway, yeah, I think Lex Luger's jump uh, was huge for the Monday Night Wars. Huge for WCW. WWF, again, didn't take a roster loss as much as they just looked stupid by having Luger show up. I do think it did like a mental
1: damage to the fans in a sense of like the fans were under the belief that even though WWF was down, that, you know, WWF couldn't really do anything as good other right. than like copy WWF. Right, right. Like Lex Luger was proof that they could take WWF or people that were in the WWF and do
0: it better than them. Yeah. And that you was one I mean? of the early examples of that. Right. It really was. Uh, and obviously VK Wall Street. Uh, Nobody could make IRS good. <laughs> like, Let's
1: let's be real here. Okay.
0: Well, folks, be real with us. Let us know what you think of Luger's jump from the WWF to WCW. Are there any effects that we're missing? Are we overlooking anything? Let us know that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, it is week number four of the Royal Rankings. That is the best Royal Rumbles in WWF history. That will be coming up Right after this. Anthony works in the grocery store, saving his pennies for some day. Mamma Leone left a note on the door. She said, "Son, and move out to the country. Aren't I incredible? Unbelievable. Everything comes up roses. When you're the narcissist Lex Luger, everything comes your way. Because here we go. Razor Ramon needs a tag-team partner against Mr. Perfect and Bret the Hitman Hart. Who else would he come to but the present and the future of the WWF but myself. And for myself, I get two for the price of one to demonstrate my superior wrestling skills, my physical superiority. So what happens here is, it's muchissimo and beyond perfection and what that spells is defeat and now back to the best wrestling podcast no one's ever heard of OVP. and welcome back wrestling fans to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thanks for being with us here for episode 257 monday january 31st 2022. Quinn and I are both still here. Look at us here, Quinn. We made it. We made it we're, here. We're back, baby. We are. And like I said, tomorrow's February 1st. My suggestion, if if you like OVP Podcast, if you want to try out our extra shows, there's a lot of them over there, sign up tomorrow, give it a shot for February, and if you don't like it, just cancel it. We won't be offended. We really, truly won't. But here's what you're going to get. Patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. We have the 1984 Now, that is where we've gone through every episode of WWF Championship Wrestling all the way back to January of 82. We are now in the summer of 84. Very recently, Ian Riccoboni was with us. Yes, it was was very fun to have Ian on. Very lovely. We closed out Allentown. Uh, Now we're over in Brantford, and soon we will be in Poughkeepsie. (laughs) Brantford. (laughs) Brantford. But it's a great time, folks. The show is like an hour. It comes out every Friday in video or audio form. Try it out. And also on the $5 tier, that's all it is for everything we offer. $5 a month. You get the 84 canon, And every single month, you get a brand new WWF pay-per-view review. We are going in order. Everything back to the first WrestleMania is there. Out right now for January is SummerSlam 94. And coming out this upcoming weekend, Survivor Series 94. Ugh. Wink will be there. Cheesy will be there. It's the the worst of the worst, Mr. Bob Backlund.
1: Yeah. So you know, the funny thing is, I'm—I think I'm more excited about Pink
0: Wink and and Link. I who, think I like yeah, yeah, Link. Yeah, Stink and Dink and like all <laughs> them. Yeah, Easy and Queasy and all yeah. them. But really, folks, if you like OVP, it is easy uh, and you won't get queasy because <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, if you could just <laughs> give it a shot, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. If you like us, if you want to support us, we understand if you don't and if you're not interested, it really is OK. Thanks for even listening to this show. All right, Michael. Yes. It is now week number four for the Royal Rankings. This is where we're going to determine the next two entrants, right, in the best Royal Rumble matches of all time. This is true. Each season before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. For this season, obviously, it was Royal Rumble matches. And then what we do is we take all of your votes. We put them into two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. And then we pull out two names at a time and we rank them. That way, by the end of this season, what you are going to have is the definitive certified organic non-GMO USDA certified organic and healthy best and worst Royal Rumble matches of all time. This is a rankings week, which is the best. Now, we're going to run it down, Quinn. We've got six names on the board. We do. That means two more coming out. This is the stage right around week four where we say it gets a little hairy. It does. Some hair. (laughs) So, right now at number one, this should come as no surprise to most people anyway, uh, Royal Rumble 92. Yeah, the best one. It is so far. Uh, Number two, I think this is great, maybe overlooked, a little bit underrated. 2008. It is very good. Excellent.
1: Excellent Royal Rumble.
0: Number three, because of... The rest of the field is ninety-seven. It's odd. I, it's still odd to me. Number four is the decent Royal Rumble two thousand. Very good Royal it's, Rumble. It's okay. And people at least d- don't understand about this one. Mm. Uh, number five, not even as good as two thousand. Is ninety-eight. Yee. Yeah, ye. It's not that great. No. And number six, I was kind of surprised it made it. but This <laughs> one really shouldn't be on this list. Like, It's not terrible, but I don't know that it'd be in my top 10. It's yeah. 94. Yeah, well, you guys voted, so it's yeah, not just, up to me. Just to clarify, we don't vote. We just rank. If you have a problem, uh, take it up with each other. we yeah. We just ranking what's here. It's the one time when we can say it's the fans' fault. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> blame each other. Anyway, uh, Quinn, we've talked about bad and good all season. Just to recap for some people that might be joining us for the first time. A good Royal Rumble, one worthy of the list, possibly, is one that has a lot of in-ring action. Yes. A good roster. All these things. Which means not a lot of tag wrestlers or people from other territories. Too many tag wrestlers is always a bad sign. Correct. Uh, Not only that, it probably has a very good ending. Mm -hmm. The right ending, maybe. Yeah, the right person wins, (laughs) you know,
1: not fucking like Roman Reigns when he shouldn't when he shouldn't it, have you know, yeah. stuff like that right
0: where people are just into it it's exciting you think that maybe we made a rule like between four to six possible winners is always a good like rule yes. of thumb yes where there's multiple people that might be able to win the thing right and there's six that's a very good number six is very good I really really like that yeah so there's a lot of things here and uh, we have a lot of names on here already we have six on here two more so the criteria gets fine tuned here for week number four Before we draw the next two names, we must go down, though, to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it is now...
0: four, the best Royal Rumbles of all time. Hot and heavy, nitty and gritty. The hottest and the heaviest. A little hair, too. yeah, mo- Sle- mo- Mostly hair. <laughs> mostly hair. Well, folks, we've run down the six names that are on the board. There are still some names probably in a lot of people's minds that are missing from this list. So what we're going to do now is go down to the fans and we're going to find out which Royal Rumble match drew number seven. My God. (laughs) Yeah. My God. The 1990 Royal Rumble. 1990. Now, Now a lot of people have been pining for this one. Well, you know what? I don't blame them. This is one of the best ones ever. It's good. I love this Royal Rumble. It's very good. So, we'll talk about the roster and we'll run it down here, but just the background on it, obviously, this is still the golden era. Yes. Very golden. Very, very golden. Right. I mean, well
1: well, we're, we're near the
0: end of the golden. But we're
1: still in the golden. We're in it. It's we're still we're,
0: we're just getting we're 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 touching the end of it. We're touching the end of it. Uh, but January twenty first, nineteen ninety, in the beautiful Orlando Arena. I'm not being funny. It's yeah, it a actually great arena. like this arena is the one of the only ones where I'm like, oh, I recognize that one. Absolutely, the with Market the Square. Stop making of- <laughs> fun of Market Square. It's a good arena. None of these dumps. The Fernwood. Well, that's a dump. Yeah. <laughs> and Royal Rumble '90. We do have a full review of this available in the archives, uh, so we don't need to get into it too much, but. We'll just say it's Jesse Ventura and Tony Schiavone on commentary. I and like it. Wonderful job. Yeah. Mickey ears and all that with Jesse. And oh, right, proud that. sweatshirt. They have a goofy sweatshirt on or <laughs> yeah, He's very like that. happy that he like,
1: went, he clearly like went to Disney World that day he or something. He must have. Like, and it's just like, <laughs> it was really good.
0: Like, goofy Tony Schiavone. And uh, this event Quinn and I love. It's got a lot of great stuff. It's got the awesome brother love, Sherry Sapphire thing. That's the best. I I love that. It's got an awesome, fun, stupid opener with the Rougeos and Bushwhackers. Uh And a tremendous Big Boss Man versus Jim Duggan match. I don't care how many negative stars Dave Meltzer Meltzer gave that one.
1: He's so wrong about this. This this, 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 Match
0: is incredible. It's a fucking uh, classic. It's great. Yeah. Anyway, the Royal Rumble itself, this is only the second one on pay-per-view, whichever one knows. That means there is no prize here. <sighs> that may be the only thing. It's its biggest, like... Drawback. Thing. Yeah, biggest uh, blaring,
1: hey, this doesn't matter. Like it's the only thing.
0: But yeah. I, I will say this. I'm going to say this right now before we even run it down. This is the best roster. This roster, once we go through the list, if you have any doubters out there, including you, Quinn, it's actually better than '92's roster. Oh, see, that's the thing. Is like, I th- this Royal Rumble to
1: me in my brain represents like one of the best Royal Rumbles, but no stakes. So it's like it's always like invalidated, generally, right? It's like we'll it, have it, to rank, but yeah. yeah.
0: It just I just want to say like this is the golden era of this roster. Uh-huh. This is the best roster they ever had. True, especially in the '90s. So let's run it down. In a nice twist of irony, number one. Is Teddy DeBias. Yeah. The million other
1: man, Ted Dibiasi. And this capacity crowd is loving every
0: minute of it. So, Teddy DeBias obviously had uh, bought number 30, as we were led to believe, at the 89 Rumble. Right. And now he's drawn number one. So, haha. Yeah. Uh, number two is Coco Beware. Yeah, B be. And he, B might be the lowest on the totem pole in this roster, and that's saying something. Cause normally you yeah. get your Nikolai Volkov still works here type of thing. Or oh, you know yeah, what I mean, right? Tr- well, I I see some lower on the totem pole we we'll have to here. get to it. But uh DBS quickly eliminates Coco. Mm-hmm. And now I want to mention something here. For numbers for number three, Marty Janetti. Right. Very rocker. Yeah, not... This isn't the, like, uh Marty Gennetti. Yeah. Like, this is like, he's still decent. Very rocker. Yeah. They play his music and there's a reason that they're playing yeah, his. What, what happened here? I think I know why. So, D.B. eliminates Marty. Right. And then number four and the music hits. Yeah. Jake Roberts. Yeah.
1: This is like one of the best, like, Royal Rumble entrances. periods so, Ever. Teddy DeBias is acting like a big jerk to Jake for months now. Yes, like this is this is building into the what would be the WrestleMania six match. Correct. Which, uh, introduces us to the wave. Um, it's true, but is and is not very good. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> However, not. the feud itself was great because like Jake Roberts had uh, gotten his hand on the million dollar belt and all this shit. He's like, I won't prevent you from getting it back, but you got to come fight me. Right. Like, he didn't, Jake didn't want the million dollar belt. He's just using it as like, just to get, get DiBiase. DiBiase. He's to get DiBiase
0: to actually like fight him yep. for real. Right. Yep. Exactly. So the pop when Jake comes out, music hit. Oh my God. And then it's great. Number five, talk about star power, right? Randy Savage, Macho King. So Macho King is here, right? Yes. And he, the implication is that DiBiase paid him. Right to protect him because Savage at all costs like goes after Jake and keeps him away Which from DBS. Only considering the future history, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there. But <laughs> right. But if you, know, you want to pay me, I don't care. I'll take the money. It's you know? weird
1: that the king would need money. <laughs> like right true. like if he's the king does they don't you have but, to pay taxes to him
0: but remember he's not really a king they're delusional him and That's Sherry true. <laughs> they're just yeah. like playing dress up
1: honestly the whole savage is uh, the other aspect to me with him here is this is just another I
0: gotta be the best like yep. this is to prove I'm the b-
1: fuck Hulk Hogan of course <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, still <laughs> yeah. right
0: number six more star power Rowdy Piper yeah <laughs> oh my goodness it's Rowdy Piper Jeez, look at like, this right, roster yeah. right Seven, okay, The Warlord. Um, there he is. Very Powers of Pain version. Mm-hmm. That's only two tag wrestlers so far. We're not that's, doing that's bad. That's uh, Number eight tag wrestler, but also sometimes
1: singles, is Bret Hart. Yeah, he's like in a weird, like, I don't know what he is. Like, they're restarting the Hart Foundation at this point.
0: You know, I didn't want to do it anymore, but Vince wanted to put the belt on us, so yeah. we did it anyway. Because WrestleMania 6 is like the real re-kickoff of the Hart Foundation, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Because they weren't even on the same team in, in 89 at Survivor Series, remember? Right. Anyway, number nine again, more star power, kind of a big deal. Still, is uh, bad news Brown. Notice they put him right after Bret Hart. Oh, like the old rivals. Yeah, from I'm pretty sure that's why they did that. Maybe they did. That's a good point. Now this is where we might as well stop and mention this. This sets up WrestleMania six because Piper and Bad News. Um, well, actually, Piper eliminates Bad News. Right. Right. Is that what it is? Something like that, or they both go over. And then, yeah. it's like some shit like that. I feel like
1: I remember You're right. seeing they them out like together. they both tumble out together, and yep. then they're they're brawling up the aisle, right?
0: Piper and Bad News, and then they have a good little feud, and then their match at six is absolutely awful. It's yeah, just it's rolling kinda, around. I always found this frustrating because um, I under like I liked
1: where like how the feud was going, and yeah. then WrestleMania six happens, and then it gets like <laughs> it gets first of all it gets weird. Yeah. Second of all, the match sucks ass. <laughs> so bad. Like it was like it had promise because. Really, what it seemed to be emphasizing is that they're both brawlers. Yes, right.
0: That's and it's that, very simple. That
1: seemed very attractive from like a match pr- perspective, like because you usually don't get
0: that in WF back then, like these these brawly guys fighting. And how often does Bad News lose on TV? Also, uh, but anyway, it wasn't to be number ten. I know people have problems with the polka dots, but Dusty Rhodes, so extremely good. over, extremely. <laughs> Very very big overness here. Like, yes, the polka dots are stupid. Trust me. I agree. But he made it work. And now he just had some business
1: earlier in this show because of the
0: Sherry thing. Yes. With with the macho man. (laughs) So, like, obviously, he's going to have issues with him. He does. And he's in for a long time. Almost 20 minutes, Dusty is. Now, number 11. This is the man that that very astute fan in Orlando... Mm -hmm said that only axe could eliminate specifically axe. Ax. I think Axe is gonna win the Royal Rumble because I think he's the only one that beat Andre the Giant. Yeah. You're talking about Andre the Giant, uh which reminds me those pre those promos from the fans are all time classics. It's true. Outside of the, the arena. The the, the the predictions from the fans.
1: I'm sorry to disagree with you, but Jake the Snake is number one.
0: But uh anyway, Andre's here, still over, barely mobile, but still over. Right. I take it back about Coco, the lowest guy on the totem yes, pole this here. this is what I noticed, and I was like, how could you say that I'm about sorry. Coco? Number 12, still here, the Red Rooster. Ugh, that's <laughs> insane to me. That's literally, we have to fill a spot. Yeah, I think we talked about this at um, on our review, and I think we determined that there's really almost nobody else on the roster that they that could, they you know. That they used everyone? It's like, <laughs> oh, well... Red Rooster kind of works here still. Like, I guess if Paul Roma would have been an option, but he wasn't... I would have taken Paul Roma. Even face Paul Roma at this point, yeah? Okay. Uh, But anyway, Terry Taylor, now that's a bad gimmick, too. Don't get me wrong. It's a stupid gimmick. I'm not blaming him for the gimmick. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he's still lingering around is odd. Uh, Number 13, maybe a winner, Axe. Axe. Potential to win the whole thing, Jeff. He could. Yeah. No, he really could. Absolutely. Now again, tag wrestler, but it's demolition. No one... Besides that one guy, I don't think anyone thinks Axe or Smash is winning. Yeah. but there's still I think a- Axe is a bold prediction. Very bold. Uh, number 14, great booking here, Haku. Haku. So here we go. So Andre and
1: Haku are in, and Axe is now fucked. Yep. Basically, he just came in, and he's already screwed. Wait a minute, number 15, it's Smash! Oh, there he is. Look at that. Yeah,
0: look at that. So, so that's now some- the two tag teams perfectly booked. Right? And we're, yep, and we're halfway through here, and I just want to reiterate, this rumble... Unlike 89, where they're still kind of feeling it out, and unlike the following year, was very much nonstop action. Right. So it's well booked. Extremely. But again, no stakes. None of it matters. There's no stakes. Mm -hmm. Number 16, Akeem. He has no chance of winning, obviously. Well, if he gets Big Boss Man's help, maybe. (laughs) Possibly. Uh, Number seventeen, Jimmy Snuka. Again, no chance. Yeah, no, no chance at all. That one usher or ticket taker thought he would win, but that was about it. Well,
1: to be fair,
0: that guy was. Remember, he was very, very elderly. Yeah. So, like,
1: to me, I was like, oh, he's from '83, Canon. He understands, right? Like, (laughs) elderly. He was like (laughs) fifty-five. Yeah, but he was like not. You could tell that he was, like, long-time wrestling yes. fan versus Axe Guy, who's, like, clearly, like, I came along when Hogan was around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 85, 86. You could tell. Yeah, you could tell the difference between that fan. The, the elderly man is like, oh, Jimmy Snuka could win, yeah. right? I remember when he was the best.
0: I think Chuck Roberts is going to win. Anyway, uh, number 18, Quinn's favorite, Dino Bravo. Ugh. Love him. Matt Medjat's favorite wrestler mm-hmm. as well, and his crony at number nineteen, the Canadian earthquake. Yes, the Canadian is specifically listed on
1: Wikipedia as the Canadian earthquake.
0: Well, here. He was, yeah. Now earthquake is only in for a couple of minutes um, because what they do with some of the people that come in and some guys that are in there is they do the old uh, "how can you get the big guy out" thing. Yeah. They've determined that the Canadian earthquake is um, needed to be eliminated. Basically, yes. so Haku smash Jimmy Snuka. And DiBiase team up with number 20, Jim Neidhart. Mm-hmm. They get Earthquake out. So Neidhart, obviously, still a tag wrestler. No chance of winning, but a very colorful personality. Yeah. Did we Did we also note, by the way, just like the Canadian Earthquake and Neidhart here,
1: where it's like a couple people have to eliminate them, that Andre the Giant was eliminated by Accent Smash.
0: By Accent Smash. That's correct. correct. Yep. Number 21. Now, here's a hot friggin' name for you. The Ultimate Warrior. I see yes. champion. So the Ultimate Warrior is here. He's here, baby. This place and he is the second most over person probably in the company in 1990
1: right so he's he comes in and i want to say like basically the fans are like kind of rooting for him like oh, they're, they're like Oh, this guy's like a real chance to win. He's the Intercontinental Champion. Yep. Like you know, none of this fucking matters anyway. So right. Ultimate Warrior could definitely win. Yeah, I mean, there's some hot
0: favorites. Listen to this roster. It's there's mm-hmm. a lot of people in this. Uh, number twenty two, Rick Martel, model edition. Mm-hmm. Love him number 23 <laughs> of check, course. check out the booking here Tito Santana how many times did they book this I swear this is like the third Royal Rumble we've talked about where
1: hey it's Rick Martel. hey it's Tito Santana like every time
0: they do a segment in this I know they do one in 93 do they do one in 92 I think they're both I think in a, they the think they same do. time in they're 92. like close maybe I yeah. don't remember but it's yeah like every Royal Rumble I love that trope though the old rivals you know Yep. number 24 the honky tonk man <laughs> sad i know Remember, like jimmy's still
1: hanging on he's like yeah my hockey talk baby he's, he's like, going to be you're going to do it baby you're number one baby this, this is it you're coming back you're going after the world title <laughs>
0: yeah sure And yeah. uh, number 25 the one and the only hulk hogan oh boy so world champion the most over guy still Hulkmania is still running wild let's be is real is running all uh, right and ultimate warrior warrior mania warrior what do they call it I don't know Warrior Madness no <laughs> Warrior University <laughs> Warrior University is War- still in session yeah Distrusity anyway so Hogan obviously comes in he gets a bunch of assholes out of there like he, he does uh, <laughs> well, one of them one of them is the honky tonk man he gets yeah. Haku out of there he he dumps Snooka see Hogan understands it's every man for himself no he doesn't yes he does he, only- he just pretends that he doesn't see I always say he all he
1: understands is that Hulk Hogan wins true that's it That nothing else <laughs> Because if somebody teams up or does something or... To Anything him. to get him out. It's like
0: that's not fair, brother. We like, new pay per views yeah. made and stuff like that. I don't lose. <laughs> now, number twenty six. This is very funny. Is in for twelve seconds. Yeah. What is this? He's eliminated by the Ultimate Warrior, and his name is Shawn Michaels.
1: Does he? Get, is this one of those situations where he just has mm-hmm. the unfortunate consequence of being like a tag wrestler and like Warrior and Hogan are lurking yes. around,
0: and like it's just like whoops. There's like, no time for this. Yeah, <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> I know. Uh, number twenty seven. I love him. He's still a power of pain here. Uh, the Barbarian. Right. He's not uh, spent a lot of money Antlers edition yet. Not yet. Number 28 is on the upswing, getting gearing up for like his more serious push, and yes. that would be Rick Rude. Yep. So they have to sort of make him look strong here. Yep. Heenan family member. Mm-hmm. Number 29, still a face, Hercules. Yes. And the perfect number, number 30. That was definitely on purpose. Of course, Mr. Perfect. Just to make you boom more. Just to make you boom more. What an asshole, right? right He'd already interfered yeah. in the beefcake genius thing. So let's talk about a couple of things that happen here. The most notable thing that happens in this Royal Rumble is when Hogan and the Warrior get a bunch of people out there, mm-hmm. out of there, and they're left alone in the ring. Yes, yeah, so this is this is the best moment in the thing, and Tony Schiavone, like, loses his mind. And, and so, so does Jess. Yeah. Bobby Heenan stays ringside and watches it, even though he has no guys in there yet. So the reason this matters to me, honestly, Joe, is because this is
1: the first time they were openly saying like, "Oh no, face versus face," yep. like right, and champion versus champion, and all these things they should have done like years ago. That I always say, but they <laughs> like they they do it, and they finally are like pulling the trigger on it, and they tease the fans. This is clearly like them testing it too, because they don't know. Like you can tell they're like they've always been a little afraid to like really go like full hog with this. Like yeah, well, because face versus face is a risk. Yeah. Right? It is. So they go they're gonna go they're gonna go all the way and they're gonna see what the fans think. Everyone
0: on his feet! Look at the eyes of the Hulkster. The eyes of the warrior. And the fans fucking love it. Yep. I love it. Everything about this is fucking awesome. It's just a tiny little taste. Yeah. It's a very small tease with a crisscross and this shit is so good
1: that you know how afterwards they show like the stills and everything. There's like 73 stills of just this, I know. like of the just the Warrior and Hulk Hogan looking at each other and shit.
0: Well, because they kind of been doing their own things. Hogan's the all powerful, never loses, but so is the Warrior. So to have them face to face, it just was unseen. The two greatest forces in the universe. Joe. That's right. Now it comes down to Hogan actually eliminates the Warrior. For the record, here right but
1: it, isn't that like in a bunch of hubbub or something like yeah. it's not like
0: warrior it's
1: warrior doesn't look bad it's no. like it's like he's like, like Barry
0: and rude are involved yeah I feel like
1: ultimate warrior is like dealing with somebody yes. and Hulk like goes from behind just like um, well, like, like what he, happened to him in 92 <laughs> yeah exactly it, <laughs> fucking exactly I'm almost certain it's like the exact
0: same situation just in reverse Hogan just but, happens to dump but him
1: it's okay if Hogan does <laughs> exactly.
0: it fucking asshole so it comes down to Hogan rude and perfect uh, rude goes bye bye and then it is Hogan and Perfect Perfect which is house show related right that's like why that's happening yeah Perfect was still a pretty big um, push at this point but the thing is is he's not an ideal Hogan opponent
1: right But he's not big yeah but he also was just at the end of this feud like yes. right, it was like
0: they were they were shifting
1: Hogan, and, yes. and Perfect had hit the belt with the hammer and all yeah. that shit. Right, that all happened. Yeah. yeah,
0: no, Perfect was switching over to Beefcake. Right, this, exactly. The show what set a that downgrade up. horrible. Yeah, it's always a downgrade. Yeah, and anyway, Hogan wins. Before we rank, well, before we draw the next one, I should say, you know how some people I saw it on Twitter like a couple of weeks ago when Why? I posted the clip from Hogan winning, everyone is always like. Mr. Perfect should have won. Why, Why did Hogan win? That would have been horrible.
1: Well, fuck, I would have uh,
0: taken Jake the Snake wins over that. You and that meth lady. Yeah. You know? I mean, come on. Like, his entrance was fucking awesome. By the way, DiBiase was in for like 45 minutes. Tremendous yeah. performance, I just want to say. Why would Perfect win, booking-wise? Forget, like, because you like him more or whatever. The people that say that, all they really mean is they they like Mr. Perfect more. But right. it doesn't mean he should have won. That doesn't well, do anything good for business. The, the only thing, the
1: only thing I will say about that, right? Yeah. That I can understand some fans is that there's no fucking stake, so it doesn't matter who wins.
0: Yeah, and we saw the last year how that worked out. Yeah, it was shit. Everyone's like, why did John Studd win right. this? Maybe, yeah, that it might have caught, made
1: the same result happen where why the fuck did Mr. Perfect win the Royal <laughs> right. Rumble that Hulk Hogan's in? Why would, why would Perfect win it? He's going on to be feuding with Brutus Beefcake. They've Obviously, already planned that. The one thing I always thought should sort of happen, I thought that the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan should somehow eliminate each other so that they seem like and then someone else wins, you mean? Yeah, so that they just seem like... E- that's not even just for somebody to win. I think that enhances the warrior-Hogan feud. It might. like, Because um, I don't give a fuck who
0: wins this world, to be honest with well, you, that's because the one it doesn't problem.
1: matter. But uh, I don't have
0: a problem with Hogan winning because it's Hulk Hogan. He And in, Kayf- in kayfabe, he drew number 25. The other guy that had a shot of winning when he was in there, the warrior's out. Mm-hmm. Hulkamania is running wild still. He doesn't lose. Of course he's going to win. In kayfabe, I'm saying. But from a booking standpoint, you want to send the fans home happy. Having perfect win doesn't build to anything good. No. Why would you have a heel win the main event of this show? Should have just had Tito
1: Santana win I'm it in nineteen ninety. Everyone would have been it. fucking happy. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like he's so neutral. Yes. Like in such that sort of way that it no, been fine. like people would be like, yeah, okay. Like you know what I mean? Like in nineteen ninety with <laughs> right. the hair and everything. <laughs> with the hair. Yeah. And the good
0: music. Yeah, nobody would like nobody would have argued with that. <laughs> right. But anyway, that's Rumble 90. We'll see where it ranks. My feeling will be very, very high. But we now have to say hi to number eight. Why don't we go down to the fans and find out who drew number eight? He's setting him up here. Look up. It's over. What a rumble. Well,
1: looky here, it's Royal Rumble ninety one. Oh, so we get to find out what happened next year. <laughs> All right. This one's okay.
0: Yeah, I don't love is-
1: this one. Something, again, the the last of the no stakes ones. It right? is like this is this is it, and this is where it starts to become very
0: obvious that they need a sweetener. Yeah. in the Royal Rumble. Good honestly, like
1: ninety one always comes off that way to me.
0: Ninety one comes off that way. Also, the problem with ninety one. I know a lot of people love this, so I'm not gonna. Fa- I'd never fault anyone for that. But when we watch this, it, it's the Rumble match is very boring. It's okay. It's like, it's it, not that good. I thought it was like serviceable. It's not like ninety. It's almost like ninety fours. It's not great, man. It, There's it, a lot of dead por- parts. It exists. Of this. It exists. This one is also in Florida, but we go further south into Miami for this one. Ah. Miami Arena, January nineteen ninety one. Gorilla and Rod Piper on commentary. Rod. Rod. Now this one again, like Quinn said, no stakes. No stakes. The Ross They, they really needed to, this, this, this at this point in time. This was they needed to add something to this. You're right about that. The roster, I'd say, not as strong as 90s. It's not hard. It's a good roster. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's not as good as 90s. So why don't we just see who we've got here? At number one... You know, I was also number one in the 1988 Royal Rumble because Vince right. go for was a good guy to go for a long time. <laughs> Thanks, Brett. So Bret Hart, number one, still tag, yes, tag champion. champion. Still, yeah. Now, number two is even less relevant than he was at Rumble 90. Dino He's turning into like a beaver or something, too. Remember this? Because his hair's weird. It is. It's not good. But anyway, uh, number three on the downswing, Greg Valentine. You see what we're getting at yeah, here, yeah, folks? Already here. It's not as good as 90. Uh, right. num- number four, on the I downswing. like him. But on the downswing because, remember,
1: they got fucked over at the Survivor. Hulk Hogan ended this effectively, this piece of shit. He decided that Oh, the Powerplex? That's garbage. I can just... One person can kick out of that. They, they never, ever recovered. We are, of course, talking
0: about Paul Roma. Re- Romeo Roma! Of, of Power and Glory Of Power fame. and Glory. A very good team, though, Quinn fondly very, admits. They, they were excellent <laughs> in 1990. <laughs> they they are. were really, really good. They also got the screw when the nasties came in. And Vince is like, oh, That's oh true. we're going to push them instead. Why? Sorry. Probably because look at the the nasties. I like both of them, but I also thought Power and Glory was fucking cool. They could have been the tag champs instead of the nasties, and I would have been fine with it. It's true. (laughs) Right? It would have worked. Yeah. Anyway, number five. I mean, he's in for a while. Right. He's popular, but he's also, he's already not the Intercontinental Champion anymore. I'm talking about Kerry Von Erich. Tornado's entire run feels very
1: lateral to me. Like it never, it, it it's it's not volatile, right? It never gets to the point where you think, oh, he's gonna do really good and be it's in the main event, or he's yeah. gonna be like a, a jobber. He's n- he's neither. He's just a straight line, like a tornado. Just yeah. Psh- Exactly.
0: Anyway, number six here on OVP's Meteorology Podcast is Rick Martell. Now, there's a very important
1: point we need to make about this Rick Martell thing, right? Go ahead, Quinn. This is the infamous. Yes. The fucking infamous. Like Rick Martell is in for what does it say? Fifty two minutes and seventeen seconds. That's right. This is the one that Gorilla wouldn't shut the fuck up about for many, many, many years. Like even when he's not even the record holder, Vince would say it too. Yeah, the greatest Royal Rumbler! But, you know, whatever. He wouldn't shut up. This is why.
0: Now, I do want to say, Rick Martel, much like DiBiase the year before, is one of the stars of this Royal Rumble. Right. Putting in a tremendous performance. But let's also not sleep on Greg Valentine, who was in for 44 minutes. True. Now, because yeah. he was warmed up right? after the first it 15. It does take him a while. Yeah. It's kind of funny that like the same rumble
1: where Rick Martell makes the record we never talk about Greg Valentine like (laughs) being in there fucking forever
0: (laughs) you know what I mean he is he's in for almost 45 minutes nobody ever mentions that and he's
1: good too that's because he looks like a a soccer mom he does
0: like the lady that wanted uh, Jake to win the year before no he doesn't look like her I know Quinn Uh, number 7 is Saba Simba let's move on Yes. number 8 is Bushwhacker Butch He's in for 10 minutes, Joe.
1: That's long for them. That's long for a uh, bushwhacker <laughs> in general. That's like, that's like,
0: that's like uh, equivalent to Rick Martell and bushwhacker time. That's right. Yeah, in like, New Zealand timetables there. Yeah. Very good point. Number nine, very over, as always, Jake Roberts. Yes. Feuding, of course, with Ricky Martell. And here comes Jake. Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, that's really getting into uh, Number 10. Another Quinn favorite, the Punch Man Hercules. There he is. Uh, Paul Roma's partner. Yep. The power of power and glory. Correct. Now, can we just say that? Hercules is proudly in there for 38 minutes. That's good. <laughs>
1: There's a lot of long lasting folks in here, actually. The more I look at this, it's- the next guy, also Tito's in for 30 minutes. Whoa. Holy okay. moly here. So I'm sure Tito and Martello go, way, go at it. I want to note this, and <laughs> I know um, I don't think we've announced him being in here just yet, but I want to note this just on a power glory note. Yeah, sure. Um, Brian Nobbs
0: ends up eliminating Hercules. That, that's Very sad. so fucking unfortunate to me. See, what a friggin' metaphor for the push. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Also, Brian Nobbs isn't here by himself. <laughs> oh, right.
1: he, he is. We didn't even announce it. I, we didn't even
0: get to he's his not, He's much later. He's much later, but
1: I just, I just needed to say it. Right? It's like, it so like, random. This is
0: fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> now, I do want to make one mention here. So Tito's number 11. Before we get to number 12, there's a lot of guys that are in there a long time. But I don't want to miscommunicate that this rumble is not nearly as exciting as 1990s. Right. It's not bad, but it's not as action packed. There's not as much going on. It's a lot I think of. That's because there's a lot of long, yeah.
1: like even people who like we didn't even know were long. Like for example, Brett and Texas Tornado are both in for 20 minutes each. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, th- there's a lot of like
0: long lasting folks here, and they stretch that out by doing a lot of royal rumbling. Yeah, that's how that's they do. That's always it. a bad sign. Correct. Make. Uh, number twelve, though the relatively new with brother love, the Undertaker. Yes, the Undertaker, and this this is one of those guys
1: in this where you're like, I think he could win, like because the way they had presented the Undertaker at this point, yep, was that he was literally fucking unstoppable. Correct, in like fact, he beat
0: Dusty Rhodes. He did, like you know what and I mean? Like he, he's that good. He's actually, we're here at number twelve, probably the only person so far that could credibly win this.
1: Right. Even in early 91, like yeah. the way, like we, I can't stress enough how like we watch this. They're still presenting The Undertaker like nobody stands a fucking chance against The Undertaker. Oh yeah, for years they would yeah, do like,
0: that. It's impossible. It, it, and Survivor Series, it was like Hogan didn't stand a chance against him. It was like right. iffy. Yeah, it's like very iffy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, number 13, much less important than he was in 90, which yeah, was not now, very. Now he's like extra nothing. He's just like token legend at yeah. this point. Jimmy Snuka. Yep. 14 maybe this guy could win this is a credible name he was over yes he he had recently returned I'm serious had he won the Savile Bar yet no that's later that's a British Bulldog yes 36 minutes that couldn't have been good yeah (laughs) there's no way he's doing anything important in there it's Davey he's probably blown up five minutes in probably still in the Navy he's fucked number 15 (laughs)
1: smash yeah but this is when they're like everyone's like Deep, they're beginning to push it's so annoying this is that this era. Is the run up to losing to katow yeah, and them exactly Fucking. Uh, anytime i have to think about that i get angry
0: what a fall from the year before yeah, huh? it's such
1: trash it
0: is uh 16 hawk yeah he'll win yeah. hawk by himself he, just hawk uh 17 why shane douglas Yeah, shane douglas um <laughs> what <laughs> do you see how long he's in
1: Twenty-six minutes, like what the fuck? There's too much of the long runners. You know, this is one of those things I could imagine Shane Douglas coming to ECW and like bragging about. You know, I was in the Royal Rumble. I should have won the Royal Rumble in 1991. Yeah, fuck all of you. No one cares. Yeah, number eighteen. This is this is this is this. To me, this feeds into the long-term Randy Savage Royal Rumble storyline. Right. He
0: is he's busy being so obviously we know the best run in of all time occurred earlier on the show. Correct. Where Randy Savage, out of nowhere in the aisle, closed on the warrior, beat the shit out of threw him. Threw a but, light on. Threw a <laughs> fell on him with a light, <laughs> yeah. ran away like all cartoony. Him and Sherry Pope. <laughs> yeah. And Savage, I think the implication here is that Savage was being chased around by the warrior getting beat up or something. So he does not make it out for number 18. uh, I feel like they didn't even implicate that as much as they they said. They were trying to
1: like, and this is the one thing I didn't like about this is in that show. Like the face announcer, Tony or whoever was, who was gorilla gorilla they were like implying that Randy Savage was like very scared of the Ultimate yes. Warrior after that, and that he like ran away. Yes, like, that's true too. Like, yeah. they, were, they were like, ah, oh, him and Sherry, they're gonna get fucked up if they stay here. Like,
0: I'll tell you, girl, you know he's he, gonna he, he's yeah. not gonna make it into the Royal Rumble. He,
1: might, he, Rumble. he might
0: punch Sherry <laughs> yeah. like it like that like, witch. What yeah. a witch!
1: Yeah, anyway. <laughs> it, gee, I was like, wow, okay. You know but, what's
0: also good. The next pay-per-view, we don't have to deal with him on commentary. That's true. <laughs> anyway, number 19, this guy will win Animal. Yeah, Animal. Number 20, mm, Crush. <laughs> 20 that's a, that's minutes almost. Bad, bad streak here. Why is he in so long? Oh.
1: 18 <laughs> minutes, yeah, for Crush.
0: <laughs> number 21, Jim Duggan, always over, never matters. Yeah, former winner, Joe, of the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. He, should, he needs some props here. You're right. Uh, number
1: 22, Earthquake. No, No longer Canadian, by the way. It's, it's noted in, he, on
0: wikipedia.web or whatever. He a U.S. Earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> he had been feuding with Hogan. I think it still was on the house show loop doing the Hogan thing, but mm. it, it's cooled off a lot from the summer of 90. You yeah. know what I mean? Earthquake's transitioning into tag wrestler. He is, yeah. sadly. Uh, number 23, always relevant still in 91, uh, Mr. Perfect. Right. Not bad. Number 24, nice little draw for him, the Hulkster. He never doesn't get a good draw. I know. It's a trash. Always. Uh, so well, so I'd like to see Hulk Hogan work from number 1. Yeah, let's see him be in for 35 40 like in minutes. Like the first 5 people yeah. or something. Like yeah, let's see him handle it. Huh? Obviously not the world champion Sergeant Slaughter is. Not too many credible winners in this so far, are there? A handful. Well, a I mean there's only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Uh Haku 25 but he doesn't matter anymore. You know, uh, honestly kind of on the downswing. Yeah. 26, Jim Neidhart, tag champion. You we're, know he's not winning it. We're really littering this with tag people, aren't we? Uh, well, t- let's see. 27, Bushwhacker Luke. Okay. This is where he wax in and gets whacked oh, out. Is the, the, well, th- that's funny at you least. Know, it's great. Well, that might be a record. He came in one side and went out the other.
1: Four seconds he's in. Uh, It's like he intentionally wanted that record. He he was going for it. he paid anyway. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's also like
0: post Hulk Hogan, so he extra doesn't matter. Oh, that's true. Once Hogan's in, nobody matters. Right. Exactly. Uh, 28, like we mentioned earlier, Brian Knobbs by himself. More tag. Yeah, very tag. Number 29, completely doesn't matter, but. uh, He he, might as well be tag. He just needs to go feud with the Bulldog and we'll all be okay. Warlord. Warlord. I can't believe number thirty is this atrocity here. Why? I like him when he teams at Earthquake, but
1: tugboat. Oh right, come on. Sorry, I, I can Anytime I see him now, I just think of him and Earthquake hugging and you're my friend. <laughs> renting videos together, maybe playing Game Boy Link Cable right. together or they something. Would. Best like, friends. Yeah. Do you but, think they played like Tetris against each other,
0: or like maybe they traded Pokemon or something? Like I don't know. I have a Jigglypuff. Yeah. Maybe. Now I got to mention here, Hogan, noted asshole. Right. Noted hypocrite. Uh, he helps eliminate tugboat the same way he did it the year before with warrior. What is that? <laughs> My best friend, brother, tugboat, and and he has the audacity to get mad at Sid the following year. It's, it's really just amazing it's, to me. It's really upsetting. Looking <laughs> I, like honestly,
1: I'm now seeing the friendship that formed between tugboat and uh, earthquake. Right. Yes. Uh huh. I think tugboat made the right decision, like terminating Definitely. this friendship, right? Because he found a real friend. Earthquake's loyal.
0: Yeah. He never turned on Jimmy. No. He never turned on Dino.
1: Yeah. Very loyal man. I think Tugboat actually was the right one here. I He's agree like, with you. He's like, this guy's going to fuck me over. Look <laughs> right. what he did in the Royal Rumble, right. right? It's like, I might as well go find someone that that's just like me and that we can be best friends. And he found him. He
0: did. And I was very hundred percent found him. Now, what's great here because of things is that Nobbs is in like the final three with Hogan and Earthquake. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> Barely been on TV, and like, he's in the final three.
1: <laughs> well, they gotta they gotta put it into your head. It's like, oh, these guys with nasty boy
0: shirts are really good. And they're really nasty. Yeah, and obviously Hogan wins. He eliminates Earthquake, who was the only friggin' credible person to eliminate. But, but none of it matters. This isn't what, like, if you're wondering,
1: right? Yes, this isn't what gives Hulk Hogan his world title shot. in no, WrestleMania, or anything. That's just
0: Tony picks him. Yeah, which well, makes sense. but... Tony would have picked him no matter yeah, what. Yeah, it's you Hogan. Know, Hogan could just say, "I want a world title shot today," and he would get it today. Probably. But to be fair, there was no one even on his level by that point. Except the Warrior. Randy Savage, but he he didn't show up. Yeah. So, okay. We have two to rank in a second here. I just want to make a distinction. Both of these Royal Rumbles, Quinn, are held in Florida. Both of these Royal Rumbles are won by Hulk Hogan. Yes. Both of these Royal Rumbles have no stakes. So people understand our criteria here before we even rank. What are the two... What is the main difference I should say in... These two rumbles. There's I, too many tag wrestlers in 1991. Yep, it's right. The it's roster. Right, look at the the final like five is like littered with tag See, people. See, there like, you go. So from a cursory view, without even seeing the match, just looking at the rosters, 90 has a better roster. Yeah, but not only that. If you watch it, 90 has better action. So with those things in mind, let's rank them, Quinn. Okay. At number one, like we said, 92. Two is 2008. Three is 97. Four is 2000. Five is 98 and six is 94. We're starting with Rumble 90. I think we can both agree it's better than 94. Agree. It's better than 98. Agreed. It's now, better I wanna, than... Two, I just what have the a, just, fuck? I just want to have a quick discussion about it 2000. better just, be very brief. It's going
1: to be brief. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's not that 2000's better. It's, it's the, not! I want to point out that I I feel like... When Gangrel is in 2000, <laughs> all right? Mosh. I feel like 90 is a weird, like ad hoc to 2000 in a w- strange way no. just because they're they're very representative of their like time period that's all i'm pointing out i'm saying 90 is very good i'm just saying that like 2000s like an attitude era like hey look it's the attitude era like look at all these fucking people and shit like, i
0: would argue 2001 does it better than 2000 does
1: uh, yeah, I agree. You know what I mean, I agree. I'm just. I just wanted to point that out because I just feel like 2000 2000's very underrated. In no, my it's opinion. not.
0: It's very rated.
1: Other than the big show shit at the end, horrible. It's,
0: it's not fucking- that good of a match, though. I know you like they because two cool dances and you love it. <laughs>
1: and also the talk gets eliminated. <laughs> yeah. Funny. That's all it is. And, it's it's and not- they
0: like fall on their face. And Jen King is amazing during it. Nothing else good <laughs> happens. But... Nineteen ninety is better. I'm not even entertaining the idea. <laughs> I know. That it's I just, not, right? I just
1: wanted to like point
0: out yeah. their ad hocness. All yeah, right, hawk. Yeah. Number three right now is ninety seven. It's definitely better than ninety seven. One hundred percent. Nineties better than ninety seven. It's better than 08. 08 has the great surprise, but I still think nineties better overall. Nineties like the better overall. It doesn't beat ninety two though. It well, just okay. doesn't. Like okay. I can't even
1: like entertain
0: okay. that thought. I want to talk about that for a second. Yeah. I do agree it's, with you. It's just So true. you're not arguing with me. I'm
1: not really arguing with you. No, you, you, and you don't I'm, need to argue with I me. I know I'm arguing with people on the boards that have been like, well, campaigning to like rewrite history all
0: of a sudden that 1990 is the true king of Royal Rumbles. So here's what I'm going to argue on their behalf, but I do agree with you. Yeah. However, I want, I want to speak to this because it's only fair, right? The people that say that 90 is better probably find 92 overrated for something in my opinion to be, overrated, that means the consensus is that the majority of people agree that 92 is the best ever, and the people that like 1990 think that that isn't true. Fair. I will say this. I think 90 is still underrated. A lot I would have of people, said that a couple years ago, but I think that the meta in
1: the retro community as people... That could talk, just be our group, is though. ...is starting to shift towards a 90s underrated kind of bias is starting to go on like and i i'm taking a fucking stand here you're wrong because because well, you know why there's no fucking stakes that's the defining difference both have excellent rosters 90s like, is better 92s is great too though yeah,
0: but 90s is better what are you talking about i know exactly what i'm talking about 90s roster is better it <sighs> is better
1: by maybe like a guy or two, well, like right? Like skin- maybe like a like Skinner, axe or Like, Nikolai Volkov. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like you know what I mean. Texas yeah. Tornado not mattering. But Greg Valentine still lingering. Ninety two still lingering. But, but we always forget the. Like, I don't know. Like I think ninety
1: two. The reason why it works so much better is because of the stakes. Even though maybe it's lacking as many as nineteen ninety it makes more people have a chance to like maybe be the world champion. Well, like, and that's like, the fact that like Roddy Piper is in the discussion to be the new world heavyweight champion is fucking awesome
0: in 1992. That's the other thing I want to talk about here, right? Okay, so I think both are very comparable as far as in-ring action. They both are. They're both nonstop action. Yeah. For the people that like 90 more, it may just be that they don't like Ric Flair or something. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, seriously, and that's okay. Well, also... I think the commentary plays a role here in both these two. Big time. (laughs) I have heard, not recently, but I've heard this before, that if you watch Royal Rumble 92 without commentary, it's not as good. Why
1: the fuck would you do that? (laughs) That's insane. That's just (laughs) an argument to to try to make like
0: prop 90 up, in my opinion. Because then, fine, take the commentary out of 90 and the crowd also, because you have to turn the sound down, right? Yeah. But listen to me. In my personal opinion, when you're watching on TV or watching on tape or whatever, the commentary is part of the entire presentation. You, don't, you don't take it. That's like part saying... It's part of the match. That's like saying, fine, well, then turn the video off and just listen to the audio. <laughs> it's all part of it. Watching it, seeing what's going on, the crowd, the commentary. And guess what? It's excellent at both events. I agree. Now, if people want to say that the roster is better in 1990, I can acquiesce to that. I really do think it's a better roster. I'm not just That's mm-hmm. not just lip service. I think it's a more exciting roster. But I think both Royal Rumbles... Have credible winners. Yep. I think 90s has Hogan, Warrior, Mr. Perfect, probably in the fans' minds, maybe. It has yep. Roddy Piper, Jake Roberts, Randy Savage is in it, Dusty Rhodes is in it. But 92 has Randy Savage, The Undertaker, Ric Flair, Sid Justice, Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper. These are all good things. Right. So they both have credible winners. Uh huh. They both, like we said, have excellent booking, both matches. If someone wants to say, they prefer the in-ring action of 1990s, then by all means, I think it comes down to preference. You know what I mean? I think
1: there's a couple of things that stand out about 92, besides the sticks, right? It's one of the first times they did the like guy that comes from the early point wins thing. Wins, yes. Yeah, that that's huge wins. to me. That, to me... That always is the that's the that's the dream when you come down to a Royal Rumble, period, is that the guy comes from behind. Right. And they would they would try to do this later. They did it with a couple people with Rey Mysterio, Shawn Michaels, like this has happened before. Right. Yep. Um, sure. Um, afterwards, though. But that set the framework for that. Right. Yes. Like we were saying, the commentary on 1992, if anything you can say about this commentary, it's that it's the best Gorilla and Bobby ever were. Period. Their best individual
0: match performance, yes. yes it's,
1: it's like their best performance ever. Everyone admits it. It's like a no-doubter in this case.
0: Is this a case, though, because there's people that say, well, if it wasn't for the commentary, it wouldn't be as good. But that's that's okay. just, you're making the hypothetical. You're taking away a piece of the match so you can right. prop up the one that you think is better. Right. So, like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, so,
1: uh, then, well, that, if, in that case, then I got to take away Shivani and yeah. fucking Jesse from the other thing. And then you want to compare like moments and shit like that. Here's, here's my problem. Is like, you look at 90, right? And like to me, the moments are this. There's two moments. Like, mainly, it's the Jake Roberts entrance and the Hogan and uh, Ultimate Warrior, right? Yes, yeah. I mean, big moment-wise, yeah, probably. Big moment-wise. Might wise. be missing something, but yeah. Um, The two moments in the Royal Rumble 1992 are this. Ric Flair's entrance. That shit is like a fucking shocker, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole end scenario is one of those moments that i can play in my head i know it like it's like it's like imprinted mm-hmm. on my brain to me it's like that is like
0: what makes it so good don't forget yeah. piper at 15 yeah there's a lot of good booking in yeah. 92 but there's also good booking in 90 i think it really comes down to this if you love 90 and you think it's the best royal rumble then you do i mean i i could see that argument and i love when it's warranted going against the grain we like right. doing that on the show i would love to be the guy to say Ninety two is overrated. Ninety is better, but why? I feel like weirdly somehow. I can't we're, we're, say that we're
1: living in a bizarro universe right now. Where ninety two is trying to be argued down by the general populace, and that's
0: fine. But yeah, I like, mean, it's, like, it's like it's we're so going, we're
1: weirdly going against the grain by going with the the established winner favorite. <laughs> I, I know because <laughs> you know? everyone is so. There is some kind of fucking movement or some shit to like act like ninety two is crap now, <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> and it's not. The thing I'm trying to say is it's really good storytelling. It's nonstop action. Ric Flair puts in a tremendous performance. Ultimately, though, for me, what it comes down to is the winner of the 1992 Royal Rumble gets what? The world title? The winner of the 1990 Royal Rumble gets what? Nothing. There you go.
1: That's That's my grounds. That's that's the biggest biggest divider between the two. and, and, And hey, you know, here's the thing, right? You might say, well, Joe and Quinn, you're only saying it just because of that stipulation, right? Hey, Joe and Quinn, you're only saying it just because of that stipulation. They did that stipulation recently, and it sucked ass. Oh, why don't you just eat my ass? Like, it's on the
0: worst list. 16? Yeah. Yeah, it's not just the stipulation. If the match was bad, we would say it. Right. It's It's, it's not just the stipulation. It's like the end scenario with it. And, Uh, And here's the thing, right? If you like 90 more, you like it more. I'm not trying to change your mind. I think 92 just edges it out because it's for the world title. Yeah. I don't think it's inferior. It's a great Royal Rumble. It just contributes to its greatness. That's it. It's the icing on the cake. So by a hair, I will leave 92 at number one. We'll put 90 at number two. Uh, 91, Quinn. 91. Uh, Better than 94, I think. Uh, Better than 98. Yeah. I don't know if it's better than 2000. It is, but that's probably it. I don't even know if it's better than 97. Actually, I really don't know if it's better than two thousand because it's like very much Two thousand. As- what do? Why do you love that so it's much? So fun.
1: It's you like fun- it because
0: of Rikishi. That's right. I, I, there's a lot of things it's I like. Crummy. I also,
1: I also, there's a charm to it's like the people that are in it and whatever. Really, it's By really 91, getting overrated 91 is like here. staly. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, you know what I mean though, right? It's like, like, hey, let's throw a bunch of these losers at the end. And like, I, I was very disappointed when I looked at that final five. I couldn't believe that fucking list of people. What in '91? Yeah, Haku, Jimmy, Jim Neidhart, Bushwhacker, Luke, Brian Nobbs, the Warlord, and Tugboat, all in a row. That's like a huge chunk. <sighs> so you prefer and, and before Hogan, it's Animal Crush, Duggan, Earthquake, and Perfect. So it's like half and half
0: there. You prefer Crash Holly and Test in your Royal Rumbles, right? Yeah, fucking love it. Uh-huh. I don't like Test, but Crash Holly and anything. Quinn. 91's a little better, don't you think? I mean, it is. It just can is. We, can we just
1: acknowledge, though, do you know if that's like a, a recency bias on that? Like, seriously. No,
0: it's not as good. It's a boring Royal Rumble with a foregone conclusion that The Rock is winning. Nobody cares. Literally. They have so much fun with this Royal Rumble, Everyone though. in the match is a shitty mid-carder, except for, like, The Rock and Kane and the big show. But it's fun, Joe. Everyone else. <laughs> British Bulldog Woof Woof Edition. Is
1: 91 as
0: fun Bob as 2000? Beckland!
1: Does it matter?
0: 91's Honestly, okay. It's not that good like, in the ring. I'm giving it the edge based on roster. Yeah, because we're this is the thing, Joe. We're
1: comparing it to 91. It's not like we're comparing it to 90. That's what i You what have I'm to like, take
0: that into account. I am, but Rick Martel has a great performance in That's 91. true. Okay, just by that alone, I will uh, elevate it. I want to leave 97 above it, though, because 97's fun. Yeah, the ending is great. And as we've said, Austin winks at the audience by eliminating all the shitty people quickly. It's good. That's why it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. If they were, if the shitty people were in it for like twenty minutes, we'd yeah. have a problem. But Get it was like just, super Kalo or whoever's in there. <laughs> 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 Hector Gaza, bro. Yeah. All right, I think we can uh, call it a list for now. We got one more sure. week of this. Yeah all right folks so our updated rankings and again we know that you're gonna disagree some of you will disagree with this and that's okay but let us know why at least don't just say Joe Quinn, you're wrong 90s better well cool but let us know why you think if you do that 1990 is better we like to hear from you you can do that on Twitter at OVP podcast shoot us an email join the group right now number one 92 two is 1993 2008 497 591. 6, 2000. Total travesty. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Seven ninety eight and 8. I don't know why it's on here. 1994. It's the updated list. Quim, when we come back, we're getting into the zone. The action zone. What? Yep, the debut episode is coming up right after this. You know something, Hulkamaniacs, in just three short weeks, man, we're going to find out who the real King of the Hill is around the WWF, man. The thing that's getting me and all my Hulkamaniacs perplexed is, how do you train for this thing, man? How do you get ready for 29 other guys that could be on you all at one time? Well, the thing is, Hulkamaniacs, instinct, man, we've got it better than anybody else. And you know we're survivors. So no matter which way it goes, if I'm the last one or the first one in the ring, I'm going to be fighting for all my Hulkamaniacs. And what you're going to do? Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the Territory, where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then, for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF, it might be WCW, it could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about Booking the Territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode 257. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a friend. Hi, Quinn. Hi. We're going to review something. We are. You know who picked this one for us? Richard. Richard Land, yes, folks. Which, which can mean two things: it's either total shite, <laughs> or it's like very good. Yeah, Richard, a- Richard, that's the way Richard goes. Yeah, that's that is how Richard goes. He's been doing our review schedule for us. Now, normally, we have a pay per view coming up this weekend: Survivor Series. We would have done, you know, the countdown, not the countdown, but like the Sunday Night Slam. But we thankfully already reviewed that Sunday Night Slam a long time ago. Thank goodness. These these countdown shows by 94 are trash. Four. They, they are just, they're like so inconsequential. Correct. They're crappy. They really are. Uh, but what Richard has picked for us fits right into that time frame between SummerSlam and Survivor Series. It is the debut episode of WWF Action Zone, which was October 23rd, 1994. So, what is Action Zone? This I can mm-hmm. explain because we don't do it much. Action Zone. This repl- This is Sundays at 11 a.m. on USA Network. This is the show that replaced the 11-year run of All-American Wrestling. I think that's for the better. It is. All-American was really kind of... Oh, with mm. DiBiase and Todd at the end? Oh, my goodness. We reviewed the last episode that, of All-American. The last episode of All-American
1: is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my... Tenure? Tenure <laughs> of reviewing things. Like, it is... One of the most hideous things ever. And you were very angry at that episode. It,
0: it, it's notorious in the archives. Yes, or whatever. Perhaps. So All-American, like Quinn said, had been getting stale after the gorilla polo era, which was like ended in the summer of 94. Which wasn't that great either. No, it's like the best gorilla had been without Bobby, but it's still not amazing. It's, mm-hmm. it's okay. The show was dopey by 94, though. But it's dopey <laughs> by 92. Yeah. All, it was always bad, all Americans. I mean, Jean it left. fucking existed since 82. 80- 83, 83. Yeah, late 83, right? Yes. I mean, it was good when it was Gene in the control room. Yeah, that was fine. And then and the weird stuff. Sometimes Hillbilly Jim's there. I don't know. He, like, he was like the actual co-host a yeah. while, yeah. Uh, but anyway, actions don't replace. And the idea here was, you know, it's new generation. We got to get rid of our old mm-hmm. shit. And that means... We'll try a little bit. We'll see how that works out. But yeah. <laughs> so I want to say this just right to start. This might
1: not be shitty simply because this is the usual like, oh, it's a new show, pal. We're going to care. Like, yeah. like that's how Vince is. Like, yep. noted, he does it to this day. If they like start something new, like yep. if there's something where the show's name is new, right? Yep. They will make a legit attempt for two to three episodes and then... <laughs> Nobody will give a fuck as long as it's not like the main show. Right. Vince,
0: Vince always did that. Yeah. He did it with this. He did it with shotgun. He did it with Livewire. I don't know? know
1: about the new fans when he rebooted NXT to 2.0 edition recently. Mm-hmm. Did that like, was that better made for like three episodes and then it wasn't, I don't know,
0: but I will say this. Uh, I remember this cause I saw this episode live on USA network. Okay. Well, cool story.
1: I care so much. Everyone cares. We all care a lot about your demented stories as a nine-year-old. Also, Royal Rumble 1990 is better. Lick my metallic
0: coot. Action Zone continued on for almost two more years. It ended in September of 96. I think this show actually sort of got a short run
1: because I didn't it was like... unnecessary. <laughs> I, it was unnecessary, but at the same time... I will say this about Action Zone as a kid. I didn't really mind Action Zone.
0: I liked the glass table arrow as Yeah, a kid. like,
1: I actually didn't... This show didn't, like, bother I me. I liked it. Some of the other stuff, shotgun when it wasn't, like, in the, like, the bars or whatever, yeah. that stuff was real junk. Yes, Like, agreed. Action Zone was sort of, like, there was some semblance
0: of decorum on Action Zone. Like, something would happen. Well, yeah, for the first little bit here before the fall of 95 revamp, they did an arena-style show, and it was really just from the challenge tapings. But it would usually have an exclusive match.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying even when Action Zone got shittier to the glass table. Yeah, it was like fine. there was even like there was like body Donna storylines yeah, that was mattered. Good. Like yeah, there was things that occurred it was, it was on fine. fucking Action Zone. I never minded it.
0: Yeah. Um. So the first one though, I hadn't watched it in a long time. So thank you, Richard. Without any further ado, it's WWF Action Zone, the debut, October 23rd, 94. And we get a very hot 90s techno intro, Quinn. Action pack intro, inverted
1: colors, actual high quality. Yeah.
0: Again, they care. They do care. Like, we want you to watch this. Exactly. <laughs> Lots of new gen in the intro, obviously, you know, Own Heart, The Undertaker. And then we're joined <laughs> by.
1: Charlie fucking Min. So he still worked. I thought he worked here for like a week or something. Like I like this is bizarre to me.
0: Hi, I'm Charlie Min, and welcome to the premiere of the Action Zone. He like just a, debuted a week earlier, but oh, yeah, yes. Oh, I thought he was
1: already gone. Like, I, I'm serious. Like, I, I really thought he was on, like, one thing ever or something. Like, like, like he might be shorter than Joe Fowler, though, I think, he's, man. He's, like, legendary in the, like, I wasn't here for a long time <laughs> department,
0: right? Very, very short. Yeah. Uh, but he happily and excitedly welcomes us. His own hearts music is firing up. That's what, right. Yeah. Just one more note on Charlie Man, What
1: was the deal there? Was he, like, a Todd know. friend or, like, what? I don't know. I just think it's weird that they. Hired him and actually, like, he's very like enthusiastic and oh, like, yeah.
0: like he does. Come annoying off, though.
1: He's a, he's annoying, but he at the same time he comes off as very like kid friendly, like talking to the kids in the audience, like, but not down to them. We like We already have a Todd. Yeah, <laughs> I just, you know, saying, need another one. Charlie's like a Charlie's like supposed to be our friend. It's like he's wow, not my friend. well this. this action's crazy. Like, do we have Todd already. <laughs> I don't need another Todd. <laughs> yeah, but Todd's on commentary. He being a shouldn't being be. a fucking ass on this episode. May I know? Yeah, like oh, not, I know that's like spoiling, but like it uh, doesn't matter. It's, it's like I, I'm almost more happy to see Charlie Minn. No
0: than, one's ever said that. Like and fucking Todd. All right. So anyway, what we have here? This is how this is them trying. Yeah. Bret Hart, world champion, defending against Owen. And oh, it's...
1: okay. So this is like WrestleMania 10 already. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's billed as Owen's final chance of the title. Okay. And so Owen makes it to the aisle to say to Charlie Min that this is going to be the last time Bret's the WWF champion, and then he heads into the ring. Now, I like the presentation here because, again, this is why I'm like,
1: okay with charlie man here Oh my god it's like because it's like i like this like interviewing him on the way down the aisle thing for this big match i actually think it works in this situation because it makes action zone seem like it stands apart in some weird yeah, way right like that oh it's different
0: right they're trying right like yeah that's said. all
1: i'm saying it's like charlie man being like and it's not if it was ray then i'd be like it doesn't stand apart because it'd be like,
0: hey how are and Hart, you are facing uh, yeah. your brother
1: for but, the world title Char- the last time. But Charlie Minn acts like he's fucking awake or something, right? Like, unlike Ray Rougeau. Like he's what if like, it was JR? Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. Like Charlie seems like he says like, wow, Owen, I can't believe this. You're getting another <laughs> shot. What are you going to do out there? You know, like Charlie Minn's like, like active.
0: But why can't Todd just do that and have someone else on commentary? <laughs> he could, but he doesn't. So anyway, Charlie throws us over to Vince McMahon. Yes, Vince is yeah, on this. Well, again,
1: they care. They like, care. It's one, don't worry. It's only for like two or three episodes. <laughs> Vince is never going to fucking ever acknowledge
0: this show ever exists after this. <laughs> and he's with Todd. All right. Thank you very much, Charlie Mann. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the world premiere of the your Sunday afternoons never be the same. Now we're at the blue screen desk set. I hate it. Right, it's not good. Uh, Vince has a poop colored blazer and a sea Howard Violet shirt yeah, under it's it. It's very
1: <laughs> odd. <laughs> the whole thing is, again, the, the, I want to say this. I, I swear Vince is like not wearing a tie or like dress shirt on purpose to seem because they're really into this like action zone is hip. Sunday's yeah. at 11, you yeah, know? Yeah, like I I swear he's not wearing, he's wearing a t-shirt underneath on purpose yeah, to like, of co- of make course. him seem
0: like I'm cool. I'm just like Todd, you know, like. Speaking of Todd, he's got a hideous 1970s fucking like Friar Club jacket on. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Vintage, Joe. Vintage. You see, like he thinks he's so cool. Probably his dad's coat. Anyway, yeah. he immediately starts talking about how yesterday would have been World Series Game 1. Ah, oh, this! Stop talking about it! You know, Vince, last night the Baseball World Series would have
1: opened. Joe, remember the last All American? They did this horse shit uh, the week before this. The week yeah, before they're like we're better than baseball. <laughs> fuck you! Like it's like this is fucking pro wrestling. It's not even like, the same kids show. Yeah. like like no, don't
0: even like act like you're as prestigious as the MLB. <laughs> right, like, get the fuck out of here. Anyway, Owen forts around in the ring as Todd says, image, image on the mat. Who can love a face like that? Stop. Like, <laughs> stop it. Image, image on the mat. Who can love a face like that? Stop it, Todd Pagno. You're, you're, you're crapping
1: on me for like getting like hyping up Charlie Mann and Todd's acting like this. I'm not
0: agreeing with Todd yeah, here. Yeah. He's <laughs> terrible on this show. Uh, Brett's music fires up. Now, I thought I had nice music. And he gets a nice ovation on the way out. By the way, by the way, mm-hmm. ring announcer here. The heroic Bill Dunn. Thankfully. That's right. He's good. He's very good. Now the referee for this match will be Jack Doan. For a world title match? <laughs> like, how did he get this assignment? It's very major for him, isn't maybe,
1: it? Maybe Jack Doan like will be the senior referee of Action Zone, Joe. Oh, Is Action Doan. Yeah, we're, we're allowing lots of yeah, Action Done. We're allowing lots of fucking <laughs> like like new new blood here, yeah, right? Jack yeah. Zone. Jack Zone over here.
0: By the way, the ICA Pro banner still proudly hanging there. I, I can't believe they're still selling that shit. It's amazing. Owen grabs the belt to be funny. He poses with it as Brett just stares at him all sternly. Owen then throws his glasses at Brett, who catches them, and then just goes out and gives them to another kid at ringside. I thought yeah. that was
1: cool. Th- this, this next line, Joe, <laughs> I can't even believe you fucking said this. This is so stupid.
0: Don't put those on. They got king
1: cooties. <laughs> Please stop him. Like, somebody. Don't put those on. They got king cooties.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: Vince. <laughs> get him under fucking control. This is like when Gene was out of hand on, like, 84 Cannon, oh, right? yeah, I know. Yeah, like, he need Vince needs to pull a, like, hey, pal, can you just pull yeah. it a little can bit? Stop.
0: Yeah. Uh, stop and talk. I go. lock up, Lockup, shove off by Brett. Owen celebrates as Todd references OJ. Um, circle again, lockup. <laughs> Every
1: up. 90, all the 90s references, Joey's got to hit him up. Todd, we're not on PLJ, buddy. Yeah. Slow
0: it down. Owen hangs on. Brett hangs on as well. Shove by Owen. Shove back, up by Owen. He hides in the rope. Stone separates the two. Owen celebrates again for no reason. <sighs> He's so silly here. <laughs> Very silly. It also sadly makes me
1: be like, yeah, Owen has no chance of winning just because he's
0: being like doofus. Being a doofus, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Vince calls Brett Wiley, but he doesn't say cagey. I guess he's not cagey. He hasn't yet? upgraded to cage. It's like 96, yeah. right? Uh, hammer off by Owen, reverse by Brett, avoids the hair pull. Vince says uh, it's the world premiere of Action Zone for maybe the fifth time in this broadcast. <laughs> world world. premiere. Yeah, I'm sure this was on, around the world. In Tibet. Yeah. Uh, shove off by Owen, drop down, drop kick misses. Brett grabs a slingshot, sends Owen into the turnbuckles, and a roll up gets quick too. Into an arm bar now for Brett. Arm, arm, arm. Yep. There's a lot of arm and rest in this. A lot of arm and rest. Yeah. Uh, Owen's back up, show off, drop down. Brett blocks a hip toss, lands his own. Owen's back up again, lunges arm, dragged by Brett. Owen slides out of the ring to bail, and then suddenly, Jim Neidhart runs down to check on Owen. Owen comes back in the ring, shoves Brett, slap by Brett, roll up, gets two. This is gonna be like 75% of the
1: show, isn't it, Joe? You know, that's what I was thinking. I hadn't yeah. seen this since it debuted. Yeah. I was I mean, a little worried <laughs> because yeah. I don't... like It doesn't like, matter. This match doesn't matter. Two things. It doesn't matter. And if you're starting like a new show and it's called Action Zone, like you really want like it to be like quick and like yeah, like, like high impact and uh, top rope moves. And I again, I also understand what they're doing here, like from a like booking perspective, because they're like, let's give them like a prestigious high, high yeah. like a world title match, yep. right? And like and and you know an existing hot feud and stuff like, which it's sort of hot because like SummerSlam just happened.
0: Yeah, it's cooled off though. It's okay. The
1: point is, is like I get on one hand what they're doing, but I also don't like it because to me, you're starting a new show. You need to like,
0: Quick, like, 73 matches all in yeah, one thing. like uh, arm bars. Yeah. Speaking of which, arm bar again by Brett. Anvil's looming here. Shove off by Owen. Off the ropes is Brett. Crucifix gets two. Then armbar again by Brett. Arm city. Damn, arm zone. Yeah. A uh, shove off drop down by Owen Diehardt. Scoops Brett's leg. Brett goes down, and Owen lays in some stumps, so the British Bulldog wanders down. Yeah, so now you know that this is just a horseshit match, right? Yeah, like, now we're just, it's tag feuds. Yeah. Todd says about the Bulldog, Making his way down the ring and take a bite out of slime. Please,
1: again, stop him. I I couldn't even. That (laughs) one was stupid. That was a bad one. He's referencing Scruff McGruff. (laughs) I
0: know. (sighs) Uh, Anyway, we go to break. We come back where Brett is in a double chin lock and Bulldog is barking up the crowd here. Brett struggles up, goes for a wrist lock. Owen takes him down into a chin lock. Brett's up to his feet, though. Shove up, but Owen hangs on to the hair. Todd says it's a good thing Owen's not in there with George Foreman. What does that mean? I don't know. Yeah. Remember when George Foreman wrestled? Yeah. Anyway, Owen talks some shit to the Bulldog for fun. Shove off by Brett, but Owen hangs on to the hair again. As I notice, Hugo is somehow here. Did you, he to, is. did you see that? Well, we're in a White Plains for the record, so yeah. if he's a New Yorker, that makes he sense. He somehow
1: makes it to anything slightly
0: important. Yeah. Like, you ever notice does, this? man. That's Vladimir for those of you <laughs> yeah. that don't know. Quinn calls him Hugo. Brett struggles up again, but another hair pull by Owen takes him down. Brett's back up, elbows out, dropped down by Owen, knee to the gut by the King of Hearts. Back to the chin lock now. Todd insinuates now that this match is
1: taking place this afternoon yep. and I always love that. I love that too. I, I, <laughs>
0: this is live.
1: This is live because there's also later they're talking about some live shows that are on the same day and they're yeah. like, we got to head over there or whatever. Yes, like, what? like, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I do the, like the, it. The whole like time aspect to me was like the greatest part about these B shows back Absolutely. then. Absolutely. They would really make us think, yeah, we're really like, <laughs> wait, it's 11 in the morning. Yep. It's like fucking time for this. Like <laughs> Everyone was lining up outside the arena. Definitely. Been there since 8 a.m. Yep.
0: Brett's back up. Right hands off the ropes. Drop down by Owen. Here comes Brett. Belly to belly by Owen, which gets two. Back up off the ropes is Brett. Sunset flip gets two. Brett with a mule kick. He rams Owen into the buckles here. European uppercut. Few more. Corner went by Brett. Reverse and the hitman nails the turnbuckles at high speed as he often does. Owen heads up top. Brett struggles up Beautiful missile drop kick by Owen, and he now distracts uh, Jack Zone over here and the Bulldog, while the Anvil just rams Brett's leg into the post. His leg hurts again, as per usual. He's got a bad knee. Action Jack Zone, (laughs) (laughs) Jackson Zone. Yeah,
1: they should should give him that nickname.
0: Action Jack Zone. Action Jack Zone. (laughs) stupid. (laughs) Owen works the leg now. See, even Vince references Brett's bad knee. See? Yeah, yeah, I know. See? It's always bad. It's been bad for fucking years. (laughs) Unlike Shawn Michaels in 97. Indian Deathlock variation thing by Owen now. Leg, leg, leg. So we stay in this a bit before Owen breaks it, and then Owen continues to work the leg with stomps and kicks. Then he's got a funny line. He's like, Mommy's not here to help you now, Brett! I love Owen. Great. (laughs) Silly. He is great. Mommy's not here to help you now, Brett! Leg whip out of the corner by Owen. More leg work before Owen locks in the figure four. Now, Vince somehow thought that this was the sharpshooter. Like, he's like,
1: and he's setting up for the sharpshooter. It's over. It's over. It's, like, not even close to looking like the sharpshooter. <laughs> I'm like, what is This is, like, classic, like, one, two. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Like, yeah like, Same
0: thing, right? It's that, but with a submission. <laughs> it's true. Like, it's so poor. Uh, Brett won't give up, of course. Uh, so we sit in this for a while before Brett reverses the figure four. We go to break. In the meantime, hi, we're back. Where Owen's in control, and he's heading to the top rope. He leaps and gets caught with a fist. Inverted atomic by Brett. closing on off the ropes. Gets two. Irish whip. Russian leg sweep, which is called a neck breaker by Vince. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> by I by noticed bar. that, too. I didn't take a note on it, but I was like, what? Yeah. A uh, headbutt by the hitman into a small package. Gets two. Nice neck breaker by the hitman. And he heads to the second rope on the inside. Diving elbow connects. Cover gets two because the anvil puts Owen's foot on the ropes. Brett gets pissy about that. You know, don't, don't do that. So Owen sneaks up with an O'Connor roll for two, but Brett reverses it. That only gets two. Brett just says, fuck it, and goes for the sharpshooter, but Owen gives him the old Mo Howard to break it. <laughs> off the rope, spinning heel kick by Owen. That was nice. Yeah. I was like, damn. He pulls that spinning heel kick off so well. That was actually good. Yeah. yeah, Leg lariat, whatever it's mm-hmm. called. Uh, it gets two count. Head butt by Owen, more stomps. Owen now goes for a vertical, but the hitman blocks it, turns it into a superplex, So safe? No! Owen shoves Brett off the turnbuckle! Interesting. So, Joan... Joan... (laughs) Jack Joan is checking... Joan Jett is checking on the hitman, so Bulldog wanders over. He throws Owen onto the top rope, crotches him, Owen falls off, and Brett gets the pin. What? With cheating? With cheating. On cover! What? I didn't think like they would
1: like the hitman <laughs> character like I just didn't think they would like end it right? like that. I was like oh, Was this gonna, a Hogan match? Like maybe both of them will get hurt, but then there'll be some various wrestling and then it will end. That's not what I not thought. just like right off this thing.
0: Very hokey. Yeah. I'm a big Bret Hart fan, but I don't wanna I don't I hate that
1: ending. Uh, maybe they dopey. figured it was like action zone. It doesn't really matter. Only yeah. like seven people are watching
0: this anyway. That's how I felt about the match, Like it was a okay match. Yeah. But it felt very minor and plus like look. They've been wrestling for like six, eight months. They're going through the motions here. Yeah, they're just like, when are we moving on to the next feud? Yeah, like, like, this feud is cool by now. Yeah. Cool, very, like cold. Very, very big daddy cool. Yeah, what did you think of the match?
1: See, here's the thing. It's like, it's a quality match. Yeah. But I, I think cares? the ending is weird and and considering Brett's a face yes all of it's weird <laughs> and I also think it's like just a poor choice to kick off the debut show or something this should be the main event I of agree. Action Zone not the first match of Action
0: Zone like what, totally what are we agree. doing here yep
1: this is an action this is arm arm arm
0: like, leg 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 like it's like they wrestle probably their house show matches you know right? what I mean and it was just yeah. kind of flat. It
1: almost made me like think like, man, they should have started with like something with Sean and Diesel or something. Like well, so guys next that, week. Guys We're that
0: move around, I mean, to say. It's if like, they would have done the match they do next week, that's the famous Sean and Diesel versus Razor that's, and Kid. That's action. That would like, have been a good way to kick off this show. Right. Then it should be the Brando other way around. And, yep. Yeah. For the following week. But anyway, it's all from the same taping, so they could have. Owen and the Anvil slink away. And he, Todd admits he's like, you know, the British Bulldog cheated. Yeah, it's real. (laughs) Even Vince agrees. Yeah, like, what?
1: I I just don't get the ending.
0: But the action continues here because now Brackett's on the mic to say that, you know, I thought I was good enough to be giving back on a match a few months ago. But even now... He's got to clear off his whole schedule. He's him. I'm going to clear off my whole desktop, all my contracts. a uh, Windows 95 desktop, yeah. or Windows 3.1 at this yeah, point. Yeah, 94, yeah. Yeah. Because basically, Bob Backlund, you want a shot? You're going to get a shot. We're going to find out the better generation. Okay, then. I have no desire to watch that match, by the, the way. The crowd's not even excited. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> like,
1: who? I, like, why are you fighting Bob Backlund? The yeah, Bob Backlund doing? always, you know, when I was a youngster especially back then. I was confused who Bob Backlund even was. Well, yes, me you, too. You know,
0: like, it's just like, what? Who it looked like he guy? wrestled in, like, the 1800s when they would show the footage.
1: I really thought, like, he was, like, the first WF <laughs> champion or something in, like, the 60s. Like, it I'm serious, archaic. like, as a kid. And it was all because of the presentation of Backlund. Correct. they really acted like he did not wrestle anywhere close to this time period. I know. It's amazing, It's not even that long
0: ago. Like he was, when Brett came in, Backlund was just leaving. Right. You know, (laughs) it wasn't that much of a difference.
1: And I think it's just, uh, it says a lot about
0: how like wrestling presentation
1: had changed so much since 83 or whatever. I I agree with you. And so Bob Backlund
0: literally looked like a fucking old man, but it wasn't. Yep. I agree. Vince now throws us to Charlie Min backstage with Bob Backlund who's in a suit Uh, Backlund says that he won't believe that he's got a match until he sees a signed contract he says quagmired and plebeians you know all the all the stuff very Backlund
1: Rhett Hart is quagmired in a sea of hypocrisy just like all the other
0: plebeians out there Promotional consideration is talked over by Vince uh, saying shit. Yeah, so.
1: something, what is, okay, okay, can you
0: now explain to me what the fuck is going on with the audio on this show? Promotional consideration Whoa. paid for by the following. Wagmire, do So according to Richard Land, they were doing, obviously they did the pre the stand-ups, well, the sit-down at the desk, that's yeah. a pre-tape, right? But apparently, I think it is, but apparently they were doing the commentary live from Stanford.
1: So they're like when they're recording it, they're just letting the tape play, and they're just and they're not even going back and it's, like it's editing going and live they, to air. Like, yeah,
0: okay. Someone missed a cue. Oh, This went live to air. The commentary did. Really? The matches are taped, by the way, like in September. Right. The commentary. I didn't.
1: I didn't you, you're talking eleven in the morning or whenever the fuck. Yeah, Vince's in the on, studio.
0: They're they're in Stanford doing this. That's what Richard told me. I believe him because oh, they that's
1: to- even. weird. I didn't think that. I thought they recorded it like live but they didn't edit it. you know what no, i'm no, saying no. like, they went on air live oh that's even stranger yeah
0: i guess they really wanted to be like right on top of it you know so like they're practically
1: very, like radio or something essentially
0: right honestly that's probably why todd is here oh true because that he may, can do it right he's he you does get, live radio every day as yeah. annoying as he's being on this show he is good live i mean there's no retakes there's no net yeah when you do a live and he is good at that so maybe I, vince felt more comfortable with him there than King or somebody, because you never know what King might say. I mean, yeah, King is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, a uh, promotional consideration here. We got G.I. Joe Battlecore figures, you know the frigging deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Babe Ruth for Slim Jim. This feels weird late in 1994, like, he's Macho almost, Man doing anything. He's almost about to, We'll get the hell out of here. He's not even, like, mentioned on this show. No, he's almost gone. A uh, shot basketball forever, you know, mm. always. And a promo for next week, Tag Champions. Shawn Michaels and Diesel defend against Razor Ramon and the 123 Kid next Sunday. You want action? You got it. Next Sunday on WWF Action Zone.
1: So that's a good time. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, good Todd for a second. The yeah. whole show is fucking horrible, though.
0: Yep, because back to ringside, where Todd makes a Jim Carrey mask reference. Please stop, please. Like, it's like all in the same breath, too. It's like, <laughs> next Sunday, it's going to be good.
1: Oh, Jesus, the man, Smoke somebody it! Somebody stop me! It's like, get
0: the fuck out of here, man! It's so bad, man. Then he does a shitty Paul Bearer impression as we go to break, and we come back where this is brought to us by Stridex. Yeah, pimple pads, because 1994. It's a big epidemic. Yeah. Uh, Bill Don is in the ring, and he gets very annoyed when Jim Cornette. steals his mic away to introduce, yes, the heavenly bodies god they look like shit here Joe they look
1: so crappy Vince is like oh look at that look terrible <laughs> yeah it's like
0: Jimmy Doree fat
1: fuck <laughs> the, both of them are really at the end of the line here they are yeah I don't know
0: why they're even here
1: yeah like just,
0: seriously why do they work here they beat up jobbers sometimes but
1: lose any match of any importance well that's what uh, I was
0: thinking yeah. you know so anyway Bill Dunn is I like this touch I don't know if you saw it after Cornette steals the mic <laughs> Bill Dunn is complaining to Timmy White about it yeah, I don't blame him I know. <laughs> (laughs) He's like, he stole my mic. What the fuck? Jim Cornette sucks, bro. (laughs) Uh, No idea who the bodies are going to be facing here, but I'm sure they're going to lose. Oh, wait, never mind. It's Gary Scott. You know what? Even jobbers, Gary Scott, Rich Myers, maybe they will lose. It's
1: questionable because the heavenly bodies look like jobbers. Right. Just with shinier tights. That's it. If Cornette
0: wasn't with them, you wouldn't know. Yeah. Honestly, I
1: wouldn't. I know. Like, Um, Dr. Tom is hacking on the pounds here. What happened? Like, even when, since the, like, when we started with with the heavenly bodies, he's like, really pudgy. Like, I don't know what's going on. I think he's getting ready to just train people in the fucking the warehouse the or
0: wherever and if you're new to the show here we love dr tom we do. seriously we do
1: he's at the end of the line here he's ready to like be a backstage guy you can like see it on his face he's ready to hang
0: out with Brockus and all those yeah, guys yeah, it's you know? like
1: oh, i'm gonna uh, teach them some things yeah. right it's like <laughs> exactly and and the other one adele ray he's he's just- good He's good, but he—he he he looks crummy. Literally, when he loses, when Doctor Tom is finally like, "I'm done," but Jimmy Del Rey is like never seen from ever again. He's
0: w- w- Doing gra- what? Jimmy Graffiti. Oh, he's Jimmy Graffiti. Yes. God, Jimmy Graffiti is like extra jobbery. I know. Jeez. All right, let's get to this match here. Dr. Tom locks up with Myers. Wrist left by Myers and a tag to Scott. Headlocked by Scott. Shove off. Leafrow by Dr. Tom drop. Toehold. Reverse by Scott into a hammer lock. Re-reverse, but Scott escapes, goes for the O'Connor roll. Pritchard blocks it, but Scott gets it anyway for what is a two this? count. That is know. all of this. It's
1: action. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the
0: action zone, Joe. That's right. See, this should have opened. It, this could have opened, uh, and yeah. I would have been fine with it. Pritchard with a clothes on, but Scott escapes. Tags in Myers, who goes Goes to work on Pritchard, but now Delray tags in, takes on Myers with a super kick. Todd now does a David Brinkley impression, which Vince tries to get rid of quickly. Best news since the Sunday paper. Yes, David Brinkley. <laughs> He's still alive, right? He's the one that's still alive. Oh, stop it. Double boot by the bodies. Pritchard tags back in. The crowd is unbelievably quiet. Nobody cares. The heavenly
1: bodies, that sums up their entire run. It's unfortunate. Honestly. Yeah, but... Like, I know they were good in Smoky Mountains and all this, but, like, nobody gave a shit about this.
0: Nope. It's not their fault. It's just a yeah. bad idea to bring them in. That's yeah. all. The announcers then talk about how Fox NFL Sunday stinks as Del Rey gets back What in. is their problem with them now? Because they, I know they hate the MLB, but... They hate what all the, sports. What the fuck does the NFL have to do with <laughs> this? Fuck every
1: sport. Fuck the NBA, yeah, the NHL. The NHL. All, all them.
0: They stink. Tennis. WBF's good. tennis. Yo, fuck
1: tennis. Yeah. WNBA. <laughs> we don't like anybody. It's not even around yet, is it? like, this year, isn't it?
0: 96. It doesn't oh. matter. Does it matter? Someone will tell us, and I won't yeah. care by now. The by LPGA, the PGA, fuck all them. The Senior PGA, yeah, Senior SPGA, like bowling. Yeah, bowling. The billiards. P- the PBA. Yeah, Pro The bowling. PBA. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Del is back in. <laughs> Pritchard slams him onto Myers. We get the junkie swiveling by Del Delray who tags Dr. Tom again. Body slam by Pritchard off the ropes with a knee drop. Misses elbow. Misses hot tag to Scott <laughs> Gary Scott with the hot tag. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie,
1: Joe. Okay, I want to make a point about the funny the funny about these jobbers getting offense and shit. When they came, first came in and before they listed their names, I swear one of them was like Winky. I thought no, like, no
0: one is Winky or thought, Ed Mop or Ed any Mopper. of them. <laughs> like I thought one of them was one of them. No, it's not. I okay. don't know who they are, but yeah. it's not Ed Mop. Yeah, is Rich Myers like George Steele's son or something? I don't. I'm just taking a wild swing. Wow, that would be amazing, actually. No, you never know. Uh, big boots, <laughs> but Pritchard grabs the hair. Quarter whip and a charge misses. Scott is on top. Big <laughs> what is s- going on here? <laughs> <laughs> but a big splash misses. Damn it. Del Rey gets back in with a gourd buster, body slammed by Del Rey. Pritchard off the top with a knee drop and now for I, the win. I need to note something here. The crowd, what?
1: The crowd. We. you're, you're like making it sound all like the croc was like, no. dead the whole fucking time they're like where when are the superstars gonna
0: wrestle like I everyone did. is like confused what this is my thing was that um i did not expect the jobbers to get so much offense i kind of liked me, it
1: i like that too but i just thought why were they good i thought the reaction was hilarious like, no it was like, like even even though like the, the, the jobbers were fighting back that was like it was just like Oh, no, it was terrible. Like, was, like, nobody cared. Absolutely. <laughs> because I think they didn't know that the Heavenly Bodies weren't
0: jobbers either. So they were extra confused. Do You think that's what it is? Yes. Anyway, um, we now go to a recent clip from the Heartbreak Hotel. That's still a thing. Yep. Where Diesel and Sean, the tag champs, they have Doink, Dink, yeah. and Wink okay. with them. <laughs> don't forget Wink. But then Doink gets on the mic and say, And now I've got another surprise! It's Pink!
1: So Pink saunters out, and Sean and
0: Diesel. I don't think he
1: was sauntering out. He like he skipped like backwards with like his butt out. Like, it was just, like, very weird.
0: So so Sean and Diesel go into like cartoon doofus mode as the little clowns are all running around them. They
1: act like- Fucking insufferable! They're all like jumping on Sean's <laughs> furniture. <laughs> <laughs> they won't stop moving like their children. Like it looks like a fucking
0: kindergarten class. It does. Like Uncle Jesse should be in the middle of Michelle's preschool. Yeah, it's like that. It's so bad. Sean and <laughs> Diesel sell it funny though. I
1: can't help but laugh because it's, yeah, they're just Sean's like. Well, <laughs> yeah, uh, like he's like looking around left to right. Diesel's like the pra- going are doing Diesel's legs and shit. Diesel's practically Diesel's not moving, but you could almost like see his like eyes spinning like he's a cartoon yeah, character. Yeah, like, like he's getting dizzy from the moving around.
0: <laughs> Maybe It is good cuz we're laughing about it. Hey, wine Better with that. We can play Heartbreak out will never be the same.
1: It's funny. It's, cute. it's funny because it's so fucking out of place. Yes. Like it's like, what am I even watching here, right? I'll tell you what, it's better than Brett Backlund. Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost like half expecting like Diesel to like punt one of them. Yeah.
0: Like Wink probably, yeah, right? Yeah, like, If you're gonna punt one, you punt Wink. <laughs> anyway, what a hot angle. <laughs> we go back to go back to Ringside where we're warned that Tatanka will be coming up next. Hi, we're back, and here's Million Dollar Totonka. And (laughs) he's still got his normal face music which is weird yeah why does he have the face music I guess I retconned it because I thought he switched like immediately well I thought
1: it was the ee, ee, ee yeah. and then it went to the ha 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 money 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 right. like that
0: <laughs> like I thought that's like what his music was that's what I thought but I guess he's, he lingered with his real he's one he's still for a trying while. to
1: convince us that he's the good guy here no not anymore that he has Ted DiBiase with him not with that hair you sold out like, you sold, sold out you sold out you <laughs> sold out
0: the whole world's gonna find out you sold out Horrible. I know you sold out I didn't sell out yeah. anyway Tom references something about Letterman and CB. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. Tataka still also has his blue tights, which again, I didn't realize he kept them that long. His hair isn't even that dumpy. No, here. it's better. He got a haircut. You know I, what think. I wonder? Was
1: this recorded somehow before? Oh, they were trying to-
0: Yeah, They're DBS just- is going to come out with them <laughs> well, at a the taping before. stupid, so they don't know. If you were in attendance, we apologize. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't call the crowd stupid, actually, because Hugo's there and he's good. He is good. Yeah. Anyway, I but, take it back. Good. <laughs> by the way, this is the uh, world premiere of Action Zone. So world? <laughs> someone's world. <laughs> Bizarro world. By the way, DiBiase, shitty windbreaker. Uh, Tataka's opponent here is Mike Mullet Moraldo. Uh, I still want to know if Rich Myers was George Steele's son. Anyway, <laughs> Todd does a horrible, inexcusable Lord Alfred Hayes impression. Hey, wait. We can still do this accent. Listen to Lord Alfred. Promotional consideration is again paid for by... NBA Jam. It's good. Season 2 of Magic Works. It exists. Mortal Kombat
1: 2 will kick your fucking ass. It's on every fucking console. Too. Did you see the list? <laughs> yes. It was like, what is it on fucking Amiga? It's on like, Commodore 64. Yeah, it like, it's on our television.
0: Back to the action zone where Tatanka lays in some knees very angrily. Jack Doan. Jack Zone is the ref again. Chops by Tatanka. More Chops. I don't care. Also more Chops. Irish Whip. Clothesline by Tatanka, which is sold awesomely by Mike Moraldo the crowd very slightly cares, by yeah, the way. Tiny. It's the littlest of care. Littlest. And you can tell Tatanka's a heel because he's moving even slower than usual. Body slam by Tatanka, as Vince says... Everyone thought Luger was going to sell out. Need I remind you? It was how many percentage, Quinn? Fifty-four percent. Fifty-four. It wasn't everyone. Yeah, it was only like half the people. I, I still can't believe it's that many. It shouldn't have been. It should it have been like eight. It was very obvious Tatanka was healed because the crowd is stupid. Uh, he then says, "No one will ever have any respect for Tatanka ever again," which is true. Elbow by the turncoat. <laughs>
1: As the yuppies at ringside are disgusted, did you notice that yes. there was like a lady in like a blazer? Yes. Like I was like, what is the, Who are these people?
0: Like they're wrestling.
1: The yuppie, uh, the uh, yuppie <laughs> contingency over here. Yeah. Yuppie Why would you wear that? To a, the two, the fucking drinking Zima. <laughs> I just think it's weird that people would dress even remotely nice to WWF in 1994. Specifically. It's it's
0: like not one of those kind of things. No, there's no, there's no succulent foods in this one. Yeah. Anyway, corner whip by DiBiase. Corner whip by DiBiase. That'd be nice. Corner whip as DiBiase says nothing important to the camera. Then Todd Einstein over here. Everything is money with this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Vince makes another reference to the World Series as the throws Meraldo to the floor to keep this going. He then runs over, yells at the fans before going over to Moraldo, chopping him some more. Back inside, Moraldo lands a twisting crossbody on the second rope for two. Tataka goes for a slam. Moraldo rolls out, lands a uh, roll-up. Tataka now hammers away, lands an exciting chop, goes to the top rope for yet another chop. Mercifully, we hit the end of the trail and it's all over. His finisher is called that. (laughs) Like, honestly, Bobby, like, corrupted what
1: I thought the name of that finisher was forever that I can't even like say it was never called the Papoose to go right but never but the problem Bobby said it like once the problem is with that I don't know why
0: it's it's on Wikipedia and shit that that was a a real name (laughs) the Papoose to go yeah it's (laughs) So here's
1: the thing is that you no, know, he said it more than once because he yeah, also said it at, like house shows and shit. But here's the thing is that he said that. Right. But I feel like they never emphasized
0: what its real name was after the fact. It didn't have one until the heel turn.
1: The heel turn. Right. So the, the whole the time, trail. like I just I'm like, they say end of the trail. I'm like, what the fuck? It's what? a
0: horrible name for a finisher. It's bad. It sounds like a was fucking that Judy name? Bloom book. What? Was that
1: the name of his finisher when he came back in like 07? I don't care. <laughs> You remember the, Quinn when he was like Dark Tatanka to or whatever? You Qu- remember that shit? Quinn, I
0: mean this in the absolute nicest way, but I don't give a shit. A ghost Tatanka? To <laughs> Stop! Like I
1: don't know what that was.
0: That character. Anyway, as far as the match, Tatanka as a heel is really crummy. I might have mentioned that once or twice yeah. that he's not a good heel. I don't know. Anyway, he beats up this Dork Wang a few more times for fun while the lights are green. It's great. We now go to a promo for the Heart Attack Tour with Todd narrating tonight the Maple Leaf Garden, and then Todd Mooney over here says, <laughs> "This is it." You- this, Joe, this whole... This is a Mooney.
1: This, this was it insane. Like, I've never... Like, because I thought he's doing um, pre-tapes, right? So we get serious, Todd. But this is like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like Todd Mooney slash just crappy Todd. He
0: says, if you show up, it will be icing on the cake. I was like,
1: ugh. It's like Mark Summers hosting Unwrapped. And I don't know. It's almost like you have to drop it in because it's the way he says the, uh, I the icing. I will. The icing... On the cake. It's moonish like, It's It's horrible. <laughs>
0: That's right. Tonight, we skate into the Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto. If you show up, it would be icing on the cake. Anyway, there'll also be the Meadowlands Shithole on the 27th, the Nassau Dump on the 28th, MSG on the 29th, which Todd says the garden. Please stop being annoying. And can I add, also, he said the
1: garden. Yeah. Like he's a Boston accent but it's like but I I don't know what is that
0: it's bad is what it is
1: oh, Todd is insufferable on this show he I like, is this is the point Joe where I sent you an annoyed <laughs> fucking text message you about did. like this like what the fuck like why is he so irritating I should post it yeah uh,
0: and then they'll be at the prestigious Catholic Ute Center in Scranton on the 30th prestigious 30s. yes what is a Ute November 4th at the Agrodome <laughs> in Vancouver what is that I don't know but it sounds cool in Seattle on November 5th. What are the matches, though? They didn't say anything. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Where would I want to go? It's probably the same <laughs> seven matches Sean and Diesel versus somebody. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Lex Luger versus Tatanka. Bret Hart versus Owen for the 100th time. Yeah, you or know, maybe the tag version with Neinhardt. Yeah, and yeah something like that. Anyway, we go back to Ringside where Face Adam Bomb enters. Yuck! He's got his blue attire. No Harvey, and he's very happy about he's it. Very happy about it. Purple as, as I, <laughs> purple attire. I good. don't. I don't. It's bad. You know what's bad? Todd again brings up how Major League Baseball is on strike, and so is the NHL. Please fucking stop! I beg you. Like, please stop talking about this. So he said the WWF never ever goes on strike, and then we get that fucking Randy Savage commercial again <laughs> with the Brett kid yep. in the baseball field. Quinn, fuck this shit! I hate it. They aren't good. They don't go on strike because they
1: treat their talent like dog shit, so they can't. Like, <laughs> they, that's why they don't go on strike in the WWF. Like,
0: it's not a morality issue. Yeah, it's a it's
1: a it's a feasibility <laughs> and like making money issue. Like they can't <laughs> feed their families if they go on strike. Right. Good. You point. know what I mean? Like the, there's yeah, no benefits.
0: Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Adam Baum is facing uh Bob Starr. Doesn't matter. But now we 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 pivot. We pivot to football so we can reference how Terry Bradshaw is watching the action zone he right isn't. now. isn't. No, he's not. He he's probably no like doing
1: a game. He has <laughs> Getting paid a lot more money. It's
0: like preseason or some shit for the NFL, right? Oh, we're yeah. playing. Oh, we're playing. In October? Oh, absolutely. Is, you're absolutely right. It's October. I, yeah. I keep thinking it's it's early It was there. taped in September. Right. Okay. Uh, referee's Mike Chioda. Bomb with a slam. Todd says that an Adam Bomb can play Freebird on the bagpipes. Why? I don't it's I don't I don't know. It's, I have no idea what Todd's doing here anymore. It's So bad. Yeah. Uh, Star tries to whip bomb with a hip toss though. Nice clothesline, on body slam off the ropes. Elbow drop by Bomb. We now slow down this jobber match with a <laughs> chin lock. Unnecessary. Star fights out, though, gets clubbed down, corner whipped by bomb. Star goes down in the corner, Irish whip, shitty boot, pump handle slam, and it is all over. All smiley. Yup, and the fake crowd noise is very loud. Imitation Dean Kane is now seen in the crowd. Yeah, well, there's also like, okay, so that Dean Kane imitation guy, right? Who the whole was that? match. Is that the there was, dad from the Brett so,
1: commercial? There were, Okay, two things. There, dad. Was a, there was a lady earlier that was like, you know, middle aged or whatever. She wasn't that old. Oh, yeah, And, Todd. then, and Todd's like, ah, that's Adam Baum's mom from Three Mile Island and she's, you know, she she dyes her hair, you know, and horrible. like blah, 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 and like horrible jokes. Adam Baum. And then mom. the Dean Kane guy comes and then he's like, that's Adam Baum's dad, but he looks younger because of something because of Three Mile Island or I don't know, like it was, whatever he was saying was like nonsensical. I can't believe Vince didn't
0: rip that headset off of his <laughs> face by <laughs> it this was, point.
1: It, he was just rambling horrible jokes and terrible things
0: much like we do around here. Mm -hmm. We now get a Todd voiceover for Raw tomorrow. He's in serious mode, thankfully. Yes, he's normal. It's like the (laughs) yeah. this guy is fighting this guy, you know. Razor Ramon, the Intercontinental Champion, wants to defend the gold. Yokozuna he's a fat fuck tomorrow on Raw anyway I specifically remember this promo for Razor versus yeah. Yoko uh, plus t- Todd, Todd like cuts in to say that I'll have a major announcement yeah what is this he
1: like butted it into like the graphic. Yeah. like he like it's it said, like it usually had the usual Raw like yeah. next you know Raw 8pm central whatever the fuck yeah. right and then like Todd's
0: like oh, I mean, I'm gonna be here and say something important what? like what was that way too much Todd on yeah. the show man tomorrow night on Raw. Plus, I'll be there to make a major announcement, so don't miss it, folks, tomorrow night. Todd is taking over, man. He has. Uh, anyway, now throw to IRS visiting a funeral home. What is this? He says, well, he says there's only two things certain in life, death and taxes. Why is this a feud? Um, he's so- not even feuding <laughs> with. He hasn't said who he's feuding oh, with. You're right, I'm sorry. Why are we seeing this then? Yeah. Uh, IRS points to a hearse and he wonders how many people try to escape paying their taxes by dying. Is he serious? Like, Listen, I know he's a heel, but this is just getting dumb now. Like, haven't we been going long enough with this fucking tax <laughs> been gimmick? Been
1: going since 1991. <laughs> 91, like the joke's over. It's
0: done, man. Yeah, yeah, it's dead. Like, take it to WCW. Go go to WCW. Yeah, we don't care. That's yeah. not a loss when he leaves.
1: Like, this is what I mean. Is like, people keep trying to sell it now. Like, he, oh, uh, what a good heel.
0: Did he draw money? This is. Outstate its welcome at this right. point. Right, he like, was a, he was a good mid card tag team heel. I yeah. agree. I, Seriously, I'll, I'll agree to it. Single star IRS in the mid nineties. What did that do? That was good for business.
1: Nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's all. He's a it's good not wrestler. Just Vince is mad he has to pay taxes. How dare I pay taxes? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what it is about Rotundo and uh, Rotunda in all seriousness. Yeah. What? Never got himself into trouble. No drug problems. No, no drama. Yeah solid hand. The man himself I have no issue with. Great guy.
1: But the fucking this, whatever this is, it needs to get out of
0: here. Well, IRS says he's going to audit this guy that died because even when they bring your frozen carcass into the funeral home, you still have to pay your taxes. How much longer? How much longer? Almost a year. Oh, my God. It's eight months. Good Lord. Anyway, back to the zone where Todd says that inside this hearse are the ratings of NFL Live. Now, that was funny. <laughs> that was the one funny yeah, thing. That.
1: Now, I actually, it's funny. You said inside this hearse are the ratings of NFL Live. I actually heard him say inside this hearse are the ratings. Oh, (laughs) and I didn't hear the NFL live part. And that made me laugh even more
0: because (laughs) it being IRS and on WWE. Oh, that would have been funny. Yeah. And then he, of course, he tods it up by saying, or should I say NFL dead? You know what's inside that hearse? What? The ratings of NBC's NFL live. (laughs) Or should I say NFL dead? I just want it to be over at this point. This show is not good. First, we have to go to break, and we get Todd again doing a crummy Paul Bearer impression as we go to break, and then we come back. We hit the bong, and the lights go out. Now, I would it wouldn't be a debut episode of anything without the Undertaker. Yeah, he was on the debut of Raw. You know, he's he's just a debut kind of guy. I think he is right because it's the Undertaker. Is he
1: on the debut of Shotgun also? I want to say he is, or at least on like one of the first ep- like second first like on the first taping or some shit. What's the one where he fights Triple H and
0: he tombstones him Grand Central right on the escalator? That's Goldust, is it? I thought it's gold Goldust and Triple H on the Escalator. Maybe it is. I yeah. don't know. Undertaker's on in the early one, though. I know uh-huh. that. Anyway, it's the Undertaker. Yay. Win. Let's go. Purple Taker era, of course. You know the deal. Yep. Purple smog yeah. everywhere. Purple that smog. Shit. His opponent in the ring is the reliable Mike Bell, as we get a shot of the unnecessarily large urn that's held by Jack Doan. I like that urn. More powers, damn it. <laughs> I had no issue. I
1: wish that's... they kept the big urn. It's a very dopey looking I don't queen. like when it becomes the tiny bowling trophy one with, like, handles <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on but it what that, is that? that one stinks. <laughs> that's... It's stinky. It's as bad. You're right.
0: Uh, This (laughs) entrance has literally been like
1: four minutes. That's because, I mean, they're not really going to subject us to
0: a long Mike Bell match. (laughs) Well, that's true. Yeah. He's good. Anyway, Vince gets all amazed by the Undertaker like lifting the lights on.
1: Yeah. He's like, the powers that cannot be explained. You mean a light switch? (laughs) Everyone has those powers. All they're
0: doing is following his
1: signal to raise it. Wow. It's just the guy. There's probably a guy in the crowd like looking. He's like, oh, okay. Um. And he's like literally just timing it with him. Even in kayfabe, it's like, oh, he wants the lights turned on now or I'll turn them on for him. You know, it would have been better, I will say this, say, say, this is so stupid, Joe, but they should have at some point explained to Canon that the way it actually works is that he's like mind controlling Oh, the, see, guy, like, the guy that does the, the, the lights. guy that does the lights right. and that like you see him like like maybe he does the undertaker eyes or something like while he's raising the lights like he's his full body getting taken over or some shit. You know, at this
0: era that it would have fit. It would have worked right. Todd would have rambled on and then they would have forever in kayf hadn't had an explanation how the lights work. Just what everyone wanted. Finally, we get a bell. No pun intended for whom the bell tolls. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Boop by the undertaker in a thrust Irish whip clothesline choking now by taker in the corner. Meanwhile, Vince hypes the inflatable Undertaker
1: that they would use for fucking years. Yes. Like, I
0: remember that shit at Somerset some 97 in New Jersey. Yes, in the Dumpy Meadowlands. Yeah. Uh, whip to the other corner, Clothesline sends Bell over the top. Taker hops down, sends Bell back inside. Irish whip, duck under by Bell. Nice clothesline by the takers. Tombstone, goodbye. Rest in ass. This was real profitable. Yeah, so much purple, too. So much purple. Vince hypes up the tag match next week before sending us to Charlie Min, our ringside. He's like, oh, that was really great. I'm really glad the Undertaker won. Yeah, I was scared for Charlie. I thought the Undertaker was going to do something to him because he like walked right by him. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I'm the locker room leader. Anyway, I'm happy it's over. This was exactly what I remembered it being in 1994. Yeah. Uh, that's not a compliment, though. Eh. So, Well, we're in the infamous, like, f- the slide of 94. Yeah, yeah, it's true. The post-SummerSlam slide. So it, was, it wasn't It was great, but it was
1: okay. I don't know. Like, as per usual, they, like, kind of tried or whatever. Yeah. Right? I didn't, like, mind this. Yeah, you didn't I, mind it. As much as All-American. Yeah. Like, this, to me, I, I don't know. It's maybe because it's, like, more subdued than all that last All American was. Yes, in ex- a weird way. And, except for one guy, Charlie Min was a good buffer. Stop! No, he's not. Joe he did nothing good. He also contributed no like bad shit. No boners or yeah, anything from yeah. him. You know. Yeah, exactly. Todd was a little difficult. Yeah, Todd. Todd was really the issue on this show. When
0: people complain about Todd, this is what they're. Complaining. This is what they mean about. Yeah. and I've always agree with that. This version of him is awful. Serious Todd or announcer, like uh, a uh, backstage announcer. Todd is good. Yeah. Funny jokey Todd on Mania or this or any of that is very oh, annoying. Yes. Yes. But folks, we hope you didn't think this show was hideous. Thanks for being with us here for another week in the world of retro wrestling. A couple of quick reminders for you. Follow us on Twitter, OK, at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email if you have a long form thing to say or join the group and talk about all the old fun stuff. And remember, this weekend is Survivor Series 94. And if you want to hear what we think about Wink, uh, you can <laughs> sign or up. Or Pink. Yeah, or Pink or even Dink. Sign up tomorrow. If you're going to sign up, do it tomorrow so you get all of February and you can cancel by the end of the month if you're not interested in keeping it. Hey, if you want a free month, message me tomorrow or today right now and I'll give you one, okay? Really, we believe in that. So that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But obviously, we will be back next week for 258 We're going to kick off February, and we're also going to do another week in the Royal Flush. Until that time, thank you guys so much for being with us here. Have a good rest of your week. Have a good rest of your day, whatever you do. We'll see you next week for 258. See ya! There are only two sure things in life. Death and taxes. Like this poor soul they just brought in here. Obviously he knows about death. However, something's just not sitting right with me. I'm wondering how many people would try to escape paying taxes by getting put six feet into the ground, like this so-called poor soul. I bet when he was alive, he conveniently forgot to pay his taxes, or maybe he just did it intentionally. But in my line of work, that's known as a red flag situation. So maybe this poor soul is in line for an audit by me, IRS. And remember, even after they bring your frozen carcass into the funeral home, you still have to pay your taxes. STOP!